Welcome to the hashtag Football Friday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in the living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakeem McGee, which is she. I am Cindy Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. You follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan's McGee on the IG. Make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app today, wherever you get your apps. Make sure you follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Subscribe to our podcast at War on Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including that iHeartRadio app. And make sure you follow War Media at WAR Media on all socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are unapologetically fun, and we have very definite opinions. You have any definite opinions, uh, sports opinions, during our two-hour extravaganza we call a, a sports talk radio show, you can always hit us up on the comment section at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But you decide to troll and or do something stupid. I've given Lakina full power to give you fools to build a beer boot. Bye-bye. I love when she says that. <laughs> but before we begin, we must remind you that you can now catch Sports on Chicago on Roku TV. That's right. Celebrate with the squad. Get with the program. Sports on Chicago is now on Roku TV. If you already have a Roku TV, just uh, tap on the sports folder and download Sports on Chicago through that avenue. If you don't have a Roku TV, he has some handheld devices laying around. iPhone, iPad, iTouch, personal PC, your Chromebook, which I'm using right now. And like him using her personal PC. Just go to the app store, app store and download Roku TV and access Sports Zone Chicago through that avenue. So, one more again, as you young folks would say, celebrate with the squad, get with the program. No more excuses. Sports Zone Chicago is now available on Roku TV 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, seven days a week, live and on demand. Whatever you want, you know, wherever you want. So, whatever Girl, you you're... know, I can't prefer. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can't. Well, look, you don't have the right sit. So, <laughs> you don't have the right sit. Two seconds. That's all you. That's all you can get. And uh, we got a busy <laughs> show. You know, we don't have to. We have to worry about uh, previewing our Bears game. Yay! Yay! But we will have. You know, we've been wanting to get this guy on our show for the longest. Her power from from the bigs. You know, he covers the Bears. We'll talk that at NFL with him in a little bit. At one, of course, our girl Christine Manica mm-hmm. will uh, have. You know, of course, our picks and also to some baseball signings. And uh, what's what are your White Sox doing, Sid? What's going on here? But well, that's like all that coming up in our next segment. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. But yeah, we're gonna talk some Bulls first and foremost. In the NBA, the Bulls got a much needed win against. The Wizards on Wednesday, uh, of course, the Wizards were without Bradley Beal, but they were able to, you know, come through in the clutch with some of the uh, some of the, uh, the, the you know the players. Io had his best uh, best showing, you know, in a while, and you know some you know customers were pretty much everybody on there. So, but we'll get to Charles Barkley's comments. I know Sid wants to talk about that in a second, but what did you think about their <laughs> performance against uh, the, the the Wizards on Wednesday, Sid? I know the Bulls are not the same team as they were last year, and I accepted that. But I kind of I hate using this use this term, but I will for a lack of time and for a lack of term. I felt like this was much of a struggle win as any, as anything else for this Bulls team, Lakina. And here's why: Yes, DeRosa scored 15 out of his 27 points in the fourth quarter. But as we talked about on this program before, uh, the Bulls when DeRosa goes off. Or when Zach went off last week at Sacramento when he scored his season high 41, 
the other four Bulls players on the court, they stand around. And it was it was a little bit of encouragement to see that the Bulls had 29 assists total as a team for the game the other night. But still at times that when DeMar or Zach has the ball, they stand around waiting for them to make something happen to carry the team. What did we say on our last show on Monday, Lakina? The ball has to move. I feel like I'm I'm <laughs> I'm Larry Brown coaching Allen Iverson back in 2001 when they mic'd them up for the NBA Finals. The ball has to move. Nothing, uh, no offense. Uh, when you have a stagnant offense, uh, teams are uh, other teams are predicting that what you're going to do, and they're going to take advantage of it, and 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 they're going to uh, go go the other way. And we've seen that so far this season for the Chicago Bulls. Now, like I said, it was encouraging that this team showed some ball movement the other night. But, like, you know, this team still has a long way to go. It was a nice victory. I guess, uh, like I say, Bradley Beal was missing. But Kyle Kuzma had a, had a nice game. And some of the other supporting cast members for the, from the Wizards did so as well. Christoph Porzingis had 28 points. He still uh, had a good win with four points off the bench. But those were huge for the Wizards at the time. But... Lakina, I, I still want to see more from Patrick Williams. Yes, he had 11 points and three rebounds, but he was in foul trouble. Also, to Andre Drummond, I know he did his part early in the season coming off the bench, but he was in foul trouble as well. Now, that's uh, two things that the Bulls had to straighten out. Um, foul trouble in playing consistently on the defense. Now, they did bring the de defense, especially toward the end of that game, but the ball has to continue to move, and these fouls, especially the big guys, they got to stop uh, getting in foul trouble. Yeah, I think Jerome got with like four fouls in like three minutes or something like that. Mm -hmm. He ended so up with was, five for the game. Yeah, that was a, that was a little bit weird, but I, yeah. I don't know how you know what was he doing? Was he hacking you know, you know Porzingis? I don't know, but I mean, look, it, it wasn't the was it look, was it the prettiest win? No, but look, these are this is the NBA. This is not the old BCS in college football. It's not about style points as long as you win. Look, DeRosa had twenty. Had, <clears throat> excuse me, had twenty seven points, and you know Zach was five for nine from the three. You know, he made some big three, you know, three pointers that led the, you know, the Bulls that come back in the fourth quarter. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's fine. I mean, look, I'm not, you know, look, I, like, I don't, like, the whole ball movement thing, you can work on that. Remember, uh, you know, Javante, you know, Green wasn't, you know, wasn't there. So, it, it's really not, you know, like, it, it, again, it's all about, it's not about style points as long as you get the win. And, you know, the Bulls needed that win desperately. And they, they got the Luka and the Mavs tomorrow night at home. So this should help him a little a little bit. So, you know, Luka will get his shots. You know, if you team everybody else, then you should be able to should be able to win this game. But it's going to be 50-50 there now. Going into, uh, you know, some of the stats from uh, the game. Uh, of course, 27 for the Rose and Vuce had 25 and 11. Uh, of course, Zach had 25. You know, P. Will had 11. Um I I had only had four, but he made a couple of big steals late. Mm -hmm. Also, to Adair Jones, he also made some uh, big steals. So, you know, a nice little team effort. Like I said, it was the prettiest. No, but I, like I said, it's not about style points at this point. So, it, it doesn't really matter as long as you get the win. We're talking Bulls and NBA right here on Second City Sports on the hashtag Football Friday edition. If you have any questions or comments for us, you can hit us up in the comments section at Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. A couple of players I want to ask you about, Lakina, and they did uh, they combined for 
eight points off the bench, and that's Gordon Dragic and Kobe White. I want to ask you, are you concerned about either one of those players, especially Kobe White? I know he's been back for a while from, from his uh, various injuries, but are you starting to get concerned about him, or are you still uh, having a, a little bit of patience with him? Yeah, it's, it's a little bit patient. I mean, look, I mean, he hasn't – look. I, remember, people need to remember he didn't complete consistently last year, so he's still trying to find his groove and – and such, you know, Dragic, same thing. Remember, he he played in the Euro League, you know, Dragic for like most of the summer. So, of course, you know, he's going to have off games and such. So, I'm not worried about neither one of them. You know, Dragic, look, we, you know, the Bulls wouldn't have uh, 10 wins. You know, half those wins are, are thanks to Dragic and Drummond. So, for people who want, mm-hmm. you know, who are already over, uh, you know, Drummond and Dragic, I mean, look, there's a reason. Look, they're 10 and 14, but half those wins are because of Dragic and Drummond. So, mm-hmm. I think for folks who want them off the team right now, I think you need to kind of, you know, you know, step back a little bit and just, you know, just, 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 just keep, just keep your pants to yourself on that one. But Kobe White, same thing. And look, he's still trying to find his groove and such. Like he's going to have these types of games. Like I'm not worried about Kobe either. Now, now if we're going to January, he's still having these kinds of uh, games. Then we'll, mm-hmm. we'll, 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 we'll talk. But right now I'm not worried. Uh, and going to the starting lineup, I know people want Javante Green in in terms in terms of, of something for Patrick Williams in, in the starting lineup. That hasn't happened yet. I don't know if it's going to happen anytime soon, but I do like the addition of Io DeSumo coming off the bench. Like you say, he, he came up with a couple of steals and they went against Washington the other night. But Alice Caruso, who struggled offensively, even though you didn't bring him here for offense, uh, he contributed nicely with five points the other night, but he did – uh, dish out nine dimes to grab four key mm-hmm. rebounds, uh, especially down the stretch, and then went in the other night against the Wizards. I like that addition to the starting line. You had to jumpstart this offense. And Alex Caruso, we said it last year when he was uh, he signed here, he's going to bring that intensity defensively. Uh, any points that you get for him offensively, uh, that's a bonus. But he sets the tone defensively, and that's uh, what you want to see from uh, from him whether he's a starter or coming off the bench. But with Alice Caruso getting a little bit more minutes, uh, I like this line of change that Billy Donovan, the head coach, has done so far. Plus, yeah, Caruso also has a couple of big steals, too, in that win against the Wizards. So, mm-hmm. look, I think it's more for defensive purposes for Caruso. Like, you didn't bring him in for offense, like you said. He has some, mm-hmm. you know, key, uh, you know, assists. He had nine assists. So, again, I think Caruso is a nice, you know, addition to the lineup. You need somebody that can move the ball. And such, you know, green once green does come back, you he might be the kind of guy that you probably can replace P will, but at least right now that Caruso is a nice little you know floor general, and you know, Caruso does that for you. So I'm not worried about that now. Before we go to break, we'll talk the rest of the NBA in a second. Now, apparently, I guess uh Charles Barkley caused quite a stir on Waddle and Sylvie earlier earlier this week. They're saying that saying that uh the bull should tear it down. Uh uh Charles, honey. <laughs> I'm going to be a little nice here for a second. Well, I mean, you I mean, you said the Warriors were finished and you were wrong there. So, and you know, you said some other stuff too. So, I think this might be a good sign for uh the Bulls. So, no, no, we just went through a rebuild. I mean, look, okay, we'll see what happens with Lonzo. I know Lonzo, we, you know, he hasn't even been clear for uh basketball activities yet. But mm-hmm. look, we just went through a rebuild. And to say that the team needs a rebuild right now, I think is a little bit uh disingenuous. And all I'm gonna say is, uh, you know, you're you're not a really you've never you weren't big on the Bulls anyway. I mean, weren't you the one that said that uh, DeRozan wouldn't fit in the Bulls uniform uh, when he when uh, he signed here last summer? Not this past summer, but last summer of last year. Mm-hmm. So uh, you're wrong there too, uh, Mr. Barkley. So uh, maybe you should just stick to the other uh, the rest of the league because you've been off about the Bulls a lot. Uh, I know I was late to the party as well, but uh, did you listen to that Zach Lowe podcast from ESPN from last week? I yeah. forgot who he had on. The name escapes me, but uh, 
the trade the, the rumor trade talks was between the Bulls and the Lakers involving mm-hmm. uh, Vucevic and, and Demar. Eternal. It was yeah, it was a terrible yeah. discussion yeah. on the Lakers brass, I guess. Yeah, for those two draft picks of 2027-2029. I understand the Lakers are in the win now mode. If that trade would to occur, they'll be a much better team than they are right now. But if you're the Bulls, if you want to take that next level, I, I hate to say it, DeMar DeRozan, DeRozan may have to be at a sacrificial lambing game. Him or Vucevic will have to go. But like, like you said, we for don't have to though, worry. For who though? Who are you gonna get though for them? That's though? that's my point. Like I said, one of like, like we don't we don't know. It, but if the Bulls want to take that next step, one, I believe one of them has to be the sacrificial lamb. Like you said, for who I don't know. I not especially not for Westbrook. I wouldn't do that deal. I understand that makes logical sense, but I wouldn't do that deal. It does. But it, just it makes just for the not, okay. yeah, just for the record. Uh, Demar Derosa is, is is up for is due for an extens- extension after next year. This summer will be Nikolai Vucevic. I just wanted to point that out. Well, yeah, just a little, little pick me up there, but yeah, I mean, look, you want Westbrook? You do. They're not going to want to deal with that contract. You know, AD's actually playing pretty well for the Lakers right now. Mm-hmm. You're, you're still, you know, look, the Bulls have a better record than the Lakers, even though they've been a little bit of on a roll. So this doesn't make any sense at all. So you know, eternal discussions with the Lakers. Please, that 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 no no that that, <laughs> that goes should just let let that part out. Whoever whoever said I know the, I just I just read the excerpts, but whoever mm-hmm. said that I mean should have kept that to himself or or herself because that that that's just that makes no sense at all. All right, we're gonna we're gonna go, we're gonna go really quick break. We're gonna talk the rest of the NBA. Some uh very interesting things happened in some of the games this week. We'll talk about that in a whole lot more. Of course, Herb Power will join us at the top of the hour to talk Bulls and, and NFL. Also, to our girl Christine Manica. Will be joining us for our picks and also baseball signings and whatnot. What are the White Sox doing? I don't know, but you know, we got a lot to talk about still. Lakina McGee, Cindy Brown, Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago, more NBA talk right after this. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks? They can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink, and alcohol at your age can lead to so many things, none of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. (laughs) Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? 
I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Welcome back to Second City Sports and the Hashtag Football Friday Edition right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid Deslakina. You can hit me up on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. Follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan's McGee on the IG. If you want to hit us up in the comments section, you can go always go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on screen for you. Lakina, before we go to baseball and after we uh, wrap up the week that was in the NBA, rem- remind me I have a question to ask you and our loyal uh, viewers and listeners out there. Something that I thought of late last night, but we'll get to that after we do this uh, to the rest of the. To the uh, to the rest of the NBS, we usually do. We'll start back. We'll start backwards and go all the way back to Monday. But we'll start with last night's action Thursday, as uh, a couple of games came down to the wire. The Miami Heat defeated the Los Angeles Clippers one fifteen to one ten. The Spurs get by the Rockets one eighteen to one oh nine. And Jamal Murray hits the game winner in Portland last night. The Nuggets defeated mm-hmm. the Trailblazers. 121 to 120. Lakina, did you see our girl Katie Wingie from Altitude Sports? She's mm-hmm. a host, anchor, and analyst in front of the show, by the way. Uh, that was mm-hmm. a nice reaction she had sitting next to Nuggets <laughs> TV voice Chris Marlowe last night. That was awesome. Yeah, that was hilarious. And uh, yeah, Murray had it done with a nice shot, too, when Murray was contested. And uh, yeah, yes. I mean, I don't, I don't know who that was that was near him, but uh, you know, that was a really you know, nice win for the Nuggets. And uh, look, I think the, the Blazers, I know that uh, Day's been in and out of the lineup you know, due to mm-hmm. injuries and such, but, you know, I know Dame had 40 points, but that wasn't enough, so it came down to a wire, and only 21 points uh, Portland scored in, in the fourth, so that, you know, I think that definitely, you know, didn't help their cause, because they were up, you know, in that game, so, yeah, that a bad fourth quarter did them, and that's why Murray was able to get that game, hit that game winner. Yep, and then the Clippers uh, lose another game on the road, on the East Coast road trip, losing to the Miami Heat 115-110. to 110. 
as we talked about on our last show on Monday, Lakina, looks like Miami's starting to pick up here. The Clippers still trying to manage, uh, load manage their star players, in particular Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. I know Kawhi Leonard hit the game winner on Monday uh, at Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Charlotte's a bad team. Michael Jordan, yeah. uh, thank goodness he's not going to the Hall of Fame for his <laughs> front office skills. I know that Charlotte team has been uh, participants in the playing tournament the last couple of years, but uh, they'll be lucky if they even sniff <laughs> a striking distance with that this year. They have one of the worst records in the league. Yeah, but going back to the Clippers and he for a second, Bam had 31 leading the way there. And I think they really needed this win. I'm talking about Miami. They're 12 and 14 mm-hmm. right now as this recording. And I know our girl, Lana Tucker, we got to get her back on the show at some point. I know she was very glad that we you know, for this win. And like you said, with the low management, LPG had 29. Kawhi didn't play. Mm-hmm. You know, they're 14 and 13 right now. I'm talking about the Clippers. So th- this, yeah, this could probably be, hopefully this will be an issue, you know, after the new, after the uh, the first of the year. You could mm-hmm. get away with this, you know, early in the season since, you know, all the games are kind of all like, you know, bunched together. But as soon as, you know, the first of the year uh, hits, you know, you don't want to be doing this. So, but a nice one for the Heat. Yeah, let's go back to Wednesday now where we saw Chris Paul return to the lineup for the Phoenix Suns, but they get destroyed at home by the defending Eastern Conference champions, the Boston Celtics, 125-98. to Lakina, I'll ask you, along with our uh, listeners and viewers at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page and Sports on Chicago on YouTube, do you believe right now that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are the best duo in the NBA? I think so. I think Tatum had, what, 25? Um and you know, I think Jalen Brown had. I gotta look up the, the the box score here for a second. Um, he had both both of them had twenty five. Both Tatum and Brown had twenty five, so they led the way uh, for them. You know, they also uh, Malcolm Brogdon had sixteen off the bench, so they had some. And Luke Cornett had twenty as had twelve as well. It's just off the bench, so they had a lot of bench contributors that definitely helped you know the Celtics there. And <laughs> I I I saw this game and it was over with pretty quick. <laughs> Yeah, uh, they out, I mean, you know, 33 to 21, they uh, Suns that scored uh, the Suns by 12 in the fourth, but you know, it was it was kind of garbage time too. You know, they had already, you know, uh, the game was already like you know in in the Celtics' hands. So, but yeah, I mean, I think you know they're definitely the, the best backcourt in the league right now. And I would I would have to agree with you as well. Jason Tam also he's a I think he's the front runner right now for MVP. Even though we're mm-hmm. uh, two and a half months in into this uh, start of the 2022-23 season, another uh, game that took place on Wednesday uh, of interest. The Utah Jazz held on to beat the Golden State Warriors one twenty four to one twenty three. The Warriors, as we talked about, Lakina, they're. Steve Kerr has been getting his uh, rotation together, uh, placing certain starters within with the second group, in particular Draymond Green. Draymond Green has been playing better over the last couple of weeks, but Utah seeks their uh, got their revenge. They lost at at Oracle Arena about a week and a half ago, almost two weeks ago now, but they get their revenge uh, holding off to a one point victory at home. Yeah, weren't they trailed by like four points, like under like nine seconds left, or just a little over nine seconds yeah. left? And they were able to come back and, you know, beat the Warriors and and such, you know. Uh, Fanta Chilo, you know, helped them there. Samoa Fanta Chilo, you know, he had a duck with just about 4.4 left. Um, you know, Nick, uh, Nick, Nicole, Alexander, Walker, uh, Steele, that kind of set up that that point there. You know, I saw that and I'm like, wow, okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was not, yeah, not the best showing by the Warriors there. You know, the Warriors are at 500 now. They're at 13 and 13. So uh, I'm not. I don't think Warriors fans should worry. I think, like you said, he's still, you know, Curry's trying to, you know, still trying to, you know, f- you know mess around with the lineup. 
you know, Draymond's starting to find his groove again. So I wouldn't worry mm-hmm. too much if you're a Warriors fan. I think the Jazz need this win more than anything. But uh, yeah, not not a not a not not a good way to lose if you're the Warriors. That was not a good, good way to lose that game on Wednesday. Uh, the Pel- the New Orleans Pelicans uh, going back to Wednesday. The New Orleans Pelicans defeat defeated Detroit Pistons one hundred four to ninety eight. Zion Williamson. Another sneaky candidate for early uh, MVP consideration. He's averaging over 27.8 points per game over the last week. New Orleans could be one of those surprise teams in the league. Like, you know, we talked about, the, about this last year. Zion missed the whole season. New Orleans got in the playoffs with virtue of winning both their playing games before bowing out to the Phoenix Suns last year. With Zion Williams, so they could be a, a top five, maybe top Top four, but definitely top five teams uh, in the Western Conference if Mr. Williamson stays healthy. Right now, he's playing great ball, and so is the rest of the squad. Yeah, it's a sixth career game with at least 25, 10 rebounds, and five assists. That's highest hit with CP3 for the fourth most in the Pelicans slash Hornets history. So nice history there. He could definitely uh, be able to make a case for him for a comeback player of the year if he, if, if he stays healthy. I think that's going to yes. be the key you know, for Zion is he, if he stays healthy. So far, so good, You know, especially if, if the Pelicans want to get to that next level, especially in that competitive mm-hmm. Western Conference. Yes, and the New York Knicks get back on track with a 113-89 win of the Atlanta Hawks. Of course, uh, Trey Young and Nick McMillan with that beef going on right now. There's Trey Young's trying to rehab from from his uh, uh various injuries, Nate McMillan doesn't the head coach doesn't like the way he's going about it, so they got into it. And like I said, we're going to monitor mm-hmm. this as uh, as as this uh, year is going uh, year goes along. Hopefully that hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that resolves itself it quickly. Hopefully, yeah. yeah, hopefully it resolves itself because this, this, yeah because Atlanta a distraction because Atlanta has not had a, a good start. You know they're thirteen and twelve, yeah. so they're right you mm-hmm. know kneeling uh, at five hundred, but uh. You don't want this thing to be a distraction with your coach and your star player, you know, getting into it, especially with the media picking it up. Exactly. And also to Deontay Murray has been a great addition for the Atlanta Hawks team so far. And he's a, he's a very good player, but you don't want him carrying the team because if that happens, you're in trouble. Now let's go uh, one more game uh, no, from Wednesday night. The Toronto Raptors beat the Los Angeles Lakers, the injured riddle Los Angeles Lakers, 126 to 113 as the Lakers continue their East Coast road trip. Of course, LeBron James sat out uh, for load management and Anthony Davis missed the game due to a flu. Some people want to question that. Why? I don't know. The man is sick. The man is sick. Leave the man alone. It's crazy. Yeah, I know. It's I know. Nutty. I know. I, yeah, I saw some people question it. Like, oh, is he really sick? I mean, look, it's it's uh, you know allergies, you know, cold and flu season. I mean, I mean, look, it, it, the man's Thank sick. You. The man's sick. I mean, look, I'm, I'm going through a sinus drainage right now, so you know, people need to just chill on that. You know, don't don't question the guy being sick. I mean, you know, if you if he was well enough to get, you know, be out there, he would have been out there. So I think folks need to kind of you know chill on yeah. that. But yeah, ni- a nice win for the Raptors. Pascal Siakam had 25 points in the way there, so. It was a little bit of a struggle for the Lakers, but yeah, I mean, the the, the Raptors did just have to win that game. Yeah, a couple of games enough from Tuesday. Of course, the Lakers uh, lost their first game in that East Coast road trip to the Cleveland Cavaliers, 116-102. to Of course, that was LeBron James' return to Cleveland. Another um, big there because he's returned to Cleveland so many times before. And, of course, the Mavericks uh, get an important win. On the road at Denver, 116 to 115. Lakina, as we talked about with the Dallas Mavericks, the Bulls will host them tomorrow night at the United Center. Someone needs to step up, uh, scoring rights to help out Luka Dodgers. Christian Wood has been disappointing. Of course, Jalen Brunson mm-hmm. left for New York. You still have Spencer Dinwiddie, Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, who's going to step up to be that uh, second score consistently uh, next to Luka's hip? 
Yeah, Luke did hit his 50, 52nd 50, 50 uh, uh, career triple-double, so tying with Magic Johnson for the second most uh, in 300 games all time or less. Only the big O Oscar Roberts has the most in that span mm-hmm. with 109, so that that's uh, pretty cool there. But look, Carter, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. led the way with 29, so hopefully he can do that consistently. That way he can help out Luka because don't, we don't want Luka to wear himself out because mm-hmm. yeah, there's a little bit of a wear and tear there. And even though he is still in his 20s, but – there's been a lot of wear and tear in that body of his. So uh, you hope that maybe someone can step up for him and, you know, help out. We'll see if they can make any moves during the trade deadline. But, uh, yeah, not not a good, you know, not, not you know, a solid showing by by them nonetheless. Now going back to Monday, of course, Indiana upset Golden State 112-104. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're 13-11. I'm talking about Indiana. Probably one of the more surprising teams mm-hmm. in the league uh, right now as we speak. So, you know, of course, you know, the Warriors have had their struggles lately. So, you know, I know, again, Warrior, I think they started, they started to freak out too when they lost to Indiana. But that's a pretty good Indiana team. They got, you know, a good mix of, you know, young talent and veteran talent. Andrew Andrew Nimbard had uh, 31 points, uh, which is a, a career high mm-hmm. for him. Uh, ben Mathurin had 14 points for them. So, you know, the you know, uh, I think, you know, Rick Carlos finally found his niche with his Pacer squad. Yeah, I was want to see if I can get you to doubt them as your team this year, Lakina. They keep winning. <laughs> oh yeah, look, they, 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 I really like how they play. So uh, yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, like so, Rick Hilaro, as you mentioned, has done a great job with that squad. In one more game of note from from Monday, uh, the Philadelphia 76ers welcome back James Harden, Lakina. I don't know if that was a low key return or one, uh, but they were handed yeah, a that, loss to the Houston Rockets on the road in double, double overtime. <laughs> yeah, that was a little bit weird that uh, he yeah. came back. But yeah, they uh, they lost that game in double overtime to Houston. Uh, not a good loss if you're uh, Philly. I mean, you know, uh, Harden had 21 in his return. Uh, of course, you know, MB had 39 and seven boards. But Austin Tobias Harris had 27. But they really didn't have too much help at that. I mean, uh, you know, Shaq Milton had uh, 11 points off the bench, but they really didn't have a lot of contributions. But Houston was playing. I, I guess you could say they were playing uh, lights out. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, just a uh, you know. You know, Tari Easton had uh, 18 off the bench. Uh, Kenya Martin Jr., get ready to feel old, folks, had 14 off the bench as well. Mm-hmm. He's a rookie. But, uh, yeah, just not, not a good showing by uh, Philly, especially in a uh, hardest return. Hopefully Philadelphia can stay healthy, get Tyrese Maxey back, and they can turn it mm-hmm. around because Doc Rivers is on thin ice as head coach of the 76ers right now. You're listening to Second City Sports on the Hashtag Football Friday edition. We're live in 11 Color on Sports on Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. We're talking NBA and Bulls at large. I have a question for for the uh, for Lakina and, and our listeners and viewers out there. After we get through the schedule for this upcoming weekend from the National Basketball Association, starting out with tonight's Action Friday, we had the Knicks at the visiting the Charlotte Hornets at six o'clock. Also at six o'clock, the Wizards will visit the Indiana Pacers. Also at six, Toronto will take on the Orlando Magic from the Kingdom. At six thirty, we have Atlanta visiting the Brooklyn Nets. The much resurgent Brooklyn Nets. Also at six thirty, the Sacramento Kings will visit the Cleveland Cavaliers. That should be fun. Mm-hmm. At six thirty on ESPN, part of that Friday night doubleheader, the Lakers will visit the 76ers. Hopefully, LeBron James will play. Uh, the status is uncertain for Anthony Davis. We'll see about that. At 7 o'clock, Detroit will visit Memphis to take on the Grizzlies. At 7.30, Phoenix at New Orleans. That should be a fun one. That should be fun, fun yep. One. Yeah, that's my league pass game of the night for that one. At 8 o'clock, mm-hmm. the injured Minnesota Timberwolves will visit the Utah Jazz. And at 9 o'clock, part of that second half of the ESPN Friday night doubleheader, the Milwaukee Bucks will visit Dallas to take on the Mavericks. 
Yeah, going into tomorrow, Saturday, you got San Antonio and Miami. That's at 4 o'clock. Yeah, I know that that's a strange uh, start time for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, both these teams come off a of back-to-back. You got Brooklyn and Indiana at 6 o'clock. We'll see how much energy both those teams have. Uh, Clippers continue their East Coast road tr- trip at Washington. We'll see if Beal should be back by then, I, I read. Uh, OKC and Cleveland, that should be a, mm-hmm. a fun one. Battle of the young teams there. Of course, Dallas and the Bulls at 7 o'clock. And ABC's NBA Saturday Game of the Week makes its return uh, at 7.30 tomorrow night on your local ABC station. You got Boston and Golden State. Could we be seeing the NBA Finals preview again? A, re- a rematch? We'll see. Um, Utah and Denver. That should be a fun one at 8 o'clock. And Minnesota, you know, the Olympic Minnesota team will continue their West Coast road trip at Portland at 9. Okay, wrapping up the weekend schedule for Sunday looks like this. At 5.30, the Chicago Bulls will visit Atlanta to take on the Hawks uh, with or without Trey Young. At 2.30, the Suns will visit the New Orleans Pelicans. At 5 o'clock, the Lakers will wrap up the East Coast road trip at Detroit. Also at 5 o'clock, Sacramento will visit uh, MSG to take on the New York Knicks. Also at 5 o'clock, Toronto will visit Orlando. 5 o'clock game again. Charlotte at Philadelphia. Hornets face the 76ers. And at 6 o'clock, Milwaukee will face the Houston Rockets. So that's your schedule for this upcoming week weekend in the NBA. This is Second City Sports on Sports Social Chicago. Akina McGee, Sydney Brown with you. Uh, what do you want to go to next, Sid? We still got a little bit of time. Before oh, okay. We go to break. All right. Let me throw out my question real quick before we get to baseball. I was watching a, a couple of things on YouTube last night regarding the Larry Bird era in the Boston Celtics. Mm-hmm. And, and they were talking about uh, the, the battles that they had with Michael Jordan when the Bulls mm-hmm. were young. Of course, they beat the Bulls in the playoffs in 86 and 87. And this season will mark the 37th year that, that Michael Jordan scored 63 points in game two in, in, in the 86 playoffs in Boston Garden. So I was thinking real quickly last night, I'll ask, I'll ask you, Lakina, and then I'll ask our viewers and listeners, and you can hit us up in the comment section at Sports on Chicago on Facebook and Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Uh, who, who, who are your top five players that could break the record. I'm surprised this record hasn't been broken by now. Selfishly, as a Bulls fan, I want that record to be held forever, but I accept it at some point that record will fall. But here's my top five players that I think they could break the record right now in, in no particular order. One, Steph Curry. Two, Klay Thompson. Three, Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. Four, who did I have at four last night? Let's see. I should have written this down. Of... I'll, I'll think of the, the fourth player in just a moment, but my wild uh, fourth player, Devin Booker of the Phoenix Suns, and my fifth player, here's my wild card, Donovan Mitchell of the Cleveland Cavaliers. I can see, yeah, I can see them doing the, either one of them. Uh, I would say maybe Jalen Brown, he probably has a good shot, or even Jason Tatum. I mean, I think either one of them could probably do it. Of course, you know, Boston mm-hmm. wanting to uh, get that a little gift back there. Um, yeah, I can definitely see Steph doing it. I'm surprised he hasn't done it. LeBron, exactly. I mean, LeBron, maybe peak LeBron. I don't know LeBron now, maybe. Would now LeBron now. No, I don't think so. No, not now. Probably not now. Uh, who else would be a good, uh, who else probably could do it? I mean, maybe Trey Young, maybe, you know, if they don't figure things out over there in Atlanta. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. I know KD probably could do, still do it. I know. Yeah, he was uh, third. Yeah, I had him on yeah. my list. He, I agree. Probably could be, could do it. Could Kawhi do it? I don't think so. Not at this juncture with the injuries coming off an injury and such. I think Damian Lillard could probably do it. I think those are probably my. But I think he has to play somewhere else for that to happen, Lakino. Unfortunately, 
Maybe so. Maybe so. Maybe you're probably might be right about yeah, that. Yeah, get healthy first and then play somewhere else. And then I think probably yeah, be, I think it. Joel and B could probably do it. Yeah, he had a fifty nine I think he had a fifty nine point game earlier this year. So Yes he did. Yeah. So uh yeah. yeah. So yeah, I can see the one of them doing it. But yeah, I think different era, different time and such mm-hmm. the way the rules are, are now. I was surprised I was surprised that record hasn't been broken yet, but mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I could definitely see somebody doing that, but we'll see. All right. Yeah, let us know in the comment section at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your, uh, your answers right there. Who do you think can break Michael Jordan's record in today's NBA for 63 points scored in the playoff game? Lakina, since we have a few minutes left, as you mentioned, let's go to baseball. Free agent, free agent signing frenzy. It looks like it's coming to a halt for the time being anyway as the Windsor meetings wrapped up in San Diego, California. Of course, Aaron Judge was the big winner signing that mm-hmm. nine-year deal worth over $300 million. Of course, uh, Carlos Correa remains unsigned. Of course, the Cubs uh, picked up players with Cody Bellinger and James Talion, the starting pitcher for me of the Yankees. Of course, the White Sox uh, are sitting on the asses doing nothing. <laughs> And it's not just Rick Hahn, it's Jerry Reinstar who's decided to be cheap. Clevenger, Mike Clevenger. That's a start, but that's that's your only move. It's not going to work, Lakina. You still need a second baseman, and you still need an outfielder. I know Brandon Nimmo uh, decided to go back to the New York Mets, but you still have a couple of good outfielders. I know one is aging, but Michael Brantley's still out there. Uh, yep. From the Houston Astros, Jack Peterson just accepted a qualifying offer from the San Francisco the Giants. But Giants, yep. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to see another outfielder. I know Will Myers is out there. I don't want. I don't want him. But Michael Conforto, who the White Sox fans were screaming for Sox management to pick up last year from the New York Mets, he didn't play at all last year. He's still out there. Well, just want to talk about the Cubs. Yeah, I know uh, Bellinger. I know some Cubs fans were a little bit uh, freaked out about it. But like, it's only for one year. You can put, you you play him in the outfield. You can play him at first base as well. Mm-hmm. This is a potentially your know, good reward, especially if you play well. He, if he plays well, then you probably sign on to an extension. Tears and talent. I mean, look, that's a, a solid, you know, right-handed pitcher. You know, four mm-hmm. years, sixty-eight million. We'll see if they get either Carlos Correa or Dansby Swanson. So those two guys are still unsigned. Uh, but I think the Mets were probably were the big winners here. Of course, you know, Nemo. Nim- Nim- Nemo as as you know, eight years, one hundred sixty-two mm-hmm. million. The White House were gonna, they were gonna pay that. Uh, said sorry. Uh, they have it, like you said, they just weren't gonna pay for it. <laughs> yeah, Diaz, of course, you know, one hundred one hundred two million. Just of course, they got Justin Verlander, eighty-six point seven million. Mm-hmm. Jose Quintana, uh, former White Sox, twenty-six million for two years. Aaron Robertson, of course, you know, played with the Cubs last year, got a year, mm-hmm. ten million, three sixty-four. Uh, Aaron Judge. Uh, you know, Philly is signed a little bit. They got you know Tejon Walker, Trey Turner, and Matthew Schramm. Uh, let's see. Uh, the Padres got Xander Bogarts for eleven years at two hundred eighty million dollars. Uh, uh, can I get one of those? San Diego, contracts? big pockets. <laughs> yeah, I was saying. Yeah, I mean, can I get one of those uh, big deals, especially since right. you know, <laughs> typical losses as a Cubs fan? But I guess now they're opening a checkbook. Uh, Wilson Contreras got five years, eighty-seven and a half million for with the Cardinals. So of course, you know, the Rangers got you know Jacob Degrom and Martin Perez. Andrew Heaney, uh, but yeah, I mean, so far, you know, big, you know, money for some of these free agents. It's still with a lot of guys still out there. Of course, the Red Sox they got uh, Yoshida, uh, they, you know, Kenny Jansen uh, got him for Atlanta, from Atlanta. Chris Martin, also Jolie Rodriguez. Uh, let's see, Seattle. They only got Trevor Gods. You know, we'll see uh, if they're willing to spend. Uh, yeah, I mean, 
I guess they're giving out, uh, con- I guess, you know, not, you know, they're not broke, I guess, some of these teams. But, uh, yeah, I mean, White Sox, I don't know what they're doing. I mean, I, I guess uh, Rick Hans' hands are tied, I guess. So, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, a little, it's a little nutty that, uh, that the Sox aren't doing anything other than the Clevenger siding. Yeah, also, too, uh, pay attention to this free agent outfielder, Andrew Benatendi from the New York mm-hmm. Yankees. I know uh, uh, it was hard to find a spot for him last year. I know he, he was a member of the Kansas City Royals for the last few years. He brings a, a solid bat, but but most importantly, he brings that glove to the outfield, and that's yep. uh, so, something that this Sox team desperately needs. So I know Michael Conforto uh, has a, a nice glove, but he brings that left-handed bat. The only left-handed bat you have right now is Gavin Sheets, and he's yep. a DH, to be honest with you. Don't put him in right field again. He's your <laughs> he's your first baseman for your Sunday lineup, and he's your pinch hitter off the bench and uh, an occasional starter. But and, but he's your full time DH next to Eloy. They, they, those two can split time at designated hitter. But the White Sox still should do something at outfield. Benettini is a nice is, is is a nice pickup if Rick Hahn and Brian Sorg decide to do it. And you still need a second baseman. Call me crazy, Lakina. I think that that the White Sox will go, go the cheap route, will go with Roman Gonzalez. I know it's not the best option in the world, but I wouldn't be surprised if the White Sox will do that. Gene Segura, uh, the, uh, the free agent mm-hmm. second baseman from, from Philadelphia, is still out there. Uh, there was another second baseman that, that is, that's still out there. Uh, Adam Frazier uh, from the Seattle mm-hmm. Mariners. I don't know what his he's price tag is going to be, but, he, but uh, he, he's still in. Uh, I think that's some, uh, the ties that the – White Sox should kick uh, kick the tires on him. So the White Sox still have a couple of options, but it's up to Reinstorf, uh to just to give to give Rick Hahn a little wiggle room financially. Yeah, we'll see if he does. We know how Reinsdorf is. So especially since he got three sixty out, they they offer Aaron Judge anything. It was between the Padres and the. Uh, the Yankees, mm-hmm. so of course that ended up being kind of the thing. Now Rafael Montero, of course, re up with the the Astros. So, mm-hmm. Otani, maybe you know they're you know he might be in pursuit you know next year during the trade deadline. We'll have to wait and see there. You know, yeah, so, Angels are are in an ownership transition right now. It says Artie Moreno's put them up for sale. So, yep. watch out for that. Yeah, something to look out for too as we get into next season. Yeah, uh, so yeah, so that's basically uh, it on the baseball front. I mean, like I said, I think the Cubs are spending, so we'll see if they can get, they'll get the Carlos Correa or Dansby Swanson. I mean, you know, I know they're in on both of them, so we'll see how uh, how uh, he does there. Well, I know Jed Hoyer, I know some people are, uh, Cubs fans are questioning uh, Mr. Hoyer there, but to see if he can, <laughs> you know, get things going too. But yeah, but, you know, Tom Rick said, look, hey, the playbook, you know, the, the, we'll, open up the, we'll open up the checkbook, so, you know, we'll see. You know, we got the nice money for uh, Cody Bellinger, uh, of course, Davidson Talon, like I said, you know, our veteran uh, pitcher, mm-hmm. you beat up innings. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens because I think both teams are actually, you know, kind of like one team is spending more than the other team. So, like, I don't know, like, what, what Ryan Storr's thinking is, but, you know, it is what it is there. <laughs> Stay tuned for more sports and more fun as Second City Sports Hashtag Football Friday Edition continues with her power from the bigs and Christine the Queen Manica. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You're listening to Sports Zone Chicago. my lane no not at all are you not paying attention 
Are you texting? I was just checking in with my mom. I was telling her that I thought we'd be home by six. It's okay. There's enough time. Just pay attention. I'm not even halfway through my text. There's no way. I'm not even going to look up. My babies are in the car. You have to pay attention. It's just supposed to be a quick text. I'm so sorry. Hi, I'm Tom Brady, the director of DODEA. September is National Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. The simple act of reaching out and caring for those in our communities is something we all can do. Just being there for someone you care about can be a tremendous first step in getting them access to confidential resources and support that they need. It only takes one person and one small act and one minute to make a difference. Let's make a difference. Welcome back to Alvin number two of Second City Sports, the hashtag Football Friday edition, real live in the living color, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. As I was fading in and out there for a second, you follow me at Keenan <laughs> McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan's McGee on the IG. Uh, we have less. We have an hour left of our extravaganza. We call it Sports Talk Radio Show. If you want to hit us up in the comment section, especially for our next guest, you can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. And just a, another daily reminder: you can also catch Sports on Chicago now available on Roku TV. Lakina, the Bears have an off week this week, but it doesn't mean Yay! that we don't have a lot to talk about Thank with the God. monsters of, of the Midway. And he's making his debut on our show, Second City Sports. He's been on Sports on Chicago before via Shine and Maya in the morning. He's making his uh, uh, debut. He covers the Bears for the It's the Bigs Media. You can follow him on the Twitter at Herb Howard 411. Once again, at Herb Howard 411. Let's welcome in Lakina, Mr. Herb Howard. Herb, what's going Yay! on, my man? What's happening? What's happening, Sid Keenan? How y'all feeling? 
good. You're doing you great. Forgot, you forgot to say the man, the myth, the legend, Sid. You, for, you forgot to. Uh, the, the <laughs> My bad. Not. My bad. <laughs> I mean, come on. Come on now, Sid. You're good, you're good at these type of things. <laughs> That's what happened when you turned 30. Quote unquote. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, you're just getting anxious now. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I heard that, as, I, as I said on this program, uh, I, I know you uh, uh, recognize this as well, covering the team. Um, just, this is all about Justin Fields' development this year. We, we've seen him struggle early, but uh, he's, paid, he's paid it up as of late, even despite the shoulder injury. And some people call him a running quarterback. I find it offensive to me personally. He can throw the yeah. ball downfield. We saw that, especially last week against a, a bad Green Bay defense. But, well, what give give us your uh, observations on Justin Fields' overall season up to this point, and what letter grade would you give him right now? It'd be tough on a letter grade, but I'll come up with one. I think he's right where he should be. I think he's on schedule right now in terms of, you know, being a second-year quarterback, already trying to digest your second offensive system, not having a lot of elite-level talent around him outside a receiver up front on the O-line. So I think that he's right where he should be. Coming into the season, I was just looking for him to take a next step in terms of his ability to quickly decipher what happens to him post-snap. He was to the point where he understood exactly what he was looking at pre-snap, what the defense is showing, what are we trying to do offensively. But then that next step is after the ball is snapped and the defense, maybe they showed you a zone, they actually went to man or they showed a pressure and dropped out of it or they showed a zone and brought a pressure. How quickly can you get to your answers with your eyes and your arms? I think that was the next step in his development. Uh, Early in the season, we didn't see that next step just yet. Um, I think that it's still very, very natural for him to use his athleticism to get out of trouble. And when you have the type of athleticism that he does, it makes a whole lot of sense. Like, there's no reason reason to stand back there and take those hits. You know, again, behind a patchwork offensive line, use your athleticism and make plays with your feet. And then uh, Luke Getze in the offense decided, okay, well, if he does that so well, let's incorporate that into our actual game plan. Let's be more intentional about running the ball with him. And so after the New England game or at the New England game, you saw them start to do that and then kind of continue to go um, in that direction. And so uh, maybe that's kind of maybe that's stunning a little bit of his growth in the passing game. But again, I don't think they had a, a, an option in terms of other ways to move the ball. So I think that he's right where he should be. I think we've seen him make you know some really, really special throws. I think that anything that you would want from your franchise quarterback, you've seen it from Justin Fields. Now you want to see it on a consistent basis. And you want to see it in certain situations. But in terms of does he have the ability to make certain throws? Can he make certain reads? Can he put the ball in tight spaces? He's absolutely shown the ability to do that. So I, I love where Justin Fields is at right now. Is there concern that maybe, you know, especially with that, you know, like you said, that patchwork O-line long-term, especially, you know, should he play the rest of the, the season, you know, sacks, and if he steps on something, you know, on a turf or something like that, gets a non-contact injury. So is there Are there concerns about that, you know, stuff like that happening to him? Yeah, I think that's a legitimate concern. I think that there's a cumulative effect of all the hits that he's taken um, throughout the season, be it in the pocket or outside the pocket when he decides to run. And so I think that's a legitimate thing to be concerned about. I think Ultimately, though, this is the player that he is. This is the player that he's going to be, at least for the first half of his career until he kind of evolves into something else. Maybe when he loses a little bit of a step and he, you know, begins to do something else. But I think that that's pretty much going to be the player that he is. Now, do you want to put him in harm's way behind this offensive line? Maybe not. Right. You still got to find out. You want to continue to get Braxton Jones as many reps as possible. I think that if you get 17 starts at left tackle from a rookie fifth round pick out of Southern Utah, no less, that's a win. I think they got to get more looks at Alex Leatherwood to see 
if this kid can actually still play football, if he can help you going forward. And so while you're trying to figure these things out on the offensive line, that can put Justin in a bit of harm's way. And I think if you're going to play him, I would still like to see him just get more and more reps in terms of just throwing the ball. So almost say, scrap all the running game. We know you can do that. We know it's going to be a part of your game. But for these next four games, if you are going to play him, and I'm not even sure that I would, but if you are going to play him, um, be intentional about throwing the ball down the field, trying to utilize some of those one-on-one matchups with Chase Claypool, try and get some more chemistry with some of these other receivers. And so uh, I would like to see them do a little bit more of that, but I'm with you. It could potentially put him uh, in harm's way and and hopefully doesn't do any irreparable damage in terms of just mental things and speeding up his clock or happy feet and those types of things. uh, Cause that's a possibility too. That's something you want to worry about too, but I don't know that they can find a way around it until they just add more talent to this roster. We're talking Chicago Bears with that guy, Herb Power from Insta Biggs Media, right here on Second City Sports, a hashtag Football Friday edition, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Silly Keenan hanging out here with you. Herb, let's stick with that Bears offense. Of course, a lot of the rushing yards are taken up by Justin Fields, but David mm-hmm. Montgomery, I think he's due for a contract extension this offseason. He has yeah. four rushing touchdowns in total so far this season, and he'll, he only has one run of 20 plus yards, a 28 yard run. How concerned are you with David Montgomery right now? Or are you concerned with him at all? I mean, it depends on what you mean by am I concerned with him? I think that David Montgomery is 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 a pretty good running back in this league, certainly above average. I would not invest heavily at that position. I just wouldn't. Unless you are, you know, Derrick Henry type, Adrian Peterson is prime type. I wouldn't invest heavily at that position. You can find other guys to be as productive at that position as you can a David Montgomery. And again, that's not not a knock on David Montgomery. I really like David Montgomery as a football player. I think he runs hard. I think he's hard to bring down. Um, He's very elusive. Uh, He runs with a a certain level of violence that I appreciate. He's worked really hard in terms of being a pass catcher out of the backfield. That wasn't his natural um, MO coming out, and he does that pretty well now. And so, again, I really, really like David Montgomery, what he brings to you on the field, what he brings in the locker room. His teammates really like him. He seems to be a really good leader. That being said, I, I just would not overspend there i think you can get the same production from khalil herbert you see right now darrington evans coming in he's playing well for you with the opportunities that he's getting i'm still intrigued by what treston ebner could develop into in this offense as well and so um i would be surprised to see david montgomery back as a chicago bear because i think he can command more money out on the open market from another team i don't really see ryan pose um overextending himself with a running back contract again that just the shelf life of these running backs just isn't very long and you can get that production from any one of a number of running backs and so if you aren't that elite elite level number one number two running back in the league i just wouldn't i wouldn't invest heavily there let's switch gears and talk defense for a second herb uh of course besides deandre houston carson um jalen johnson is there anyone on this bears defense that you can see probably you know the team building around long term of course you know, Jack Sanborn, people are always thinking, you know, maybe Bryant Urlacher and such. But Dominic <laughs> Robinson, look, now, I'm not saying that, but, you know, I'm, I'm sure Herb's heard it too from various folks. Dominic Robinson, I mean, is there anybody that you, you feel that could be kind of like the long-term answer for the Bears? Yeah, it's Jaquan Brisker. I think that kid is going to be an absolute stud. It's unfortunate that he's missed, you know, some time with the concussion. And, I, you know, hopefully he can get back and, and get, you know, some more football under his belt this season. But I think that he has everything that you want in terms of size, speed, the range, the way that he plays the game. He's very, very physical, likes to be down in the box. He's always around the ball. He has fun out there. 
Um, I really, really like watching Jaquan Brisker play the game. And so I'm excited to see, you know, how he develops over the course of his career. I think he can be a perennial Pro Bowl player. I really think he's that good of a football player. I also like where Kyler Gordon did the arc of his season. It started out really slow. Mm -hmm. Um, He was being targeted and kind of picked on early in the season. Playing cornerback as a rookie, outside of quarterback, that's probably the hardest position to come in and play as a rookie. There's just a lot of things you got to do when you're covering the best athletes on the field. And he's doing it while playing two positions. You talk about playing the nickel in the slot and playing that outside corner. That's a lot for a young kid to kind of digest all together at the same time. And you saw him kind of get confused and mixed up on a couple of plays early where he ended up getting beat for some big plays. But as he kind of settled down, the game slowed down for him. You saw him play a little bit better as the season's going along. I hope he's able to get back in um, and be healthy coming out of the bye as well. And so I think both those two kids, I thought they were really, really good picks that I've been impressed by. Jack Sanborn, I think it's a really, really good story. I think that he certainly, uh, he flashed all in the offseason. He had a really, really good training camp. When he had his opportunities at practice, he was making plays. He was getting his hands on the ball. And you saw that, you know, trying to translate when he got his opportunity to come on the field. That being said, I don't think that he is a a centerpiece to build around. I think he's a, is a good piece. I think that, you know, if he's a backup linebacker that can start for you in a pinch, I think he's a four phase. Uh, he can play all special teams for you. Um, and so I think that, you know, he's a very, very valuable piece and a really, really cool story. But this idea that he's going to be, you know, some all pro middle linebacker, I think that's that's far fetched at best. Uh, Lakina Bears Nation going to get mad at you for not hopping on that Jackson Bourne uh, fan I club. Like <laughs> I, like, I like him. I like him when he was in college, but I think you know, folks are already saying you're Urlacher type. I'm like, mm, that's no, crazy. That's, that's, no, so that's crazy. So Urlacher <laughs> was a freak of nature. I mean, you're talking about 6'4, 6'5, 260, 4'5 speed, can get 30 yards down the middle of the field. Jackson Bourne is not that kind of an athlete. He's very instinctive. He's a smart football player. He's able to read and diagnose plays and get to the football. Uh, he's got to be more of a short tackler. I think he had an opportunity to end that Falcons game, uh, but he let Cordero Patterson, he had him blown up in the backfield for a big tackle for loss. He let him, you know, get back within one yards and they were able to convert on fourth. But I think that he's he's played well. Again, I, I don't have anything bad to say about him. I'm just not in the camp Same. that says he's going to be some elite linebacker. Okay. Now, staying with that defense, Herb, one player that has been a, has been a disappointment so far this year and one player has been a surprise this year uh Nicholas Morrow who leads the uh, who leads the team with 84 tackles I really like the way this young man has played but on, on the flip side Travis Gibson he has two sacks but uh, unless you see something that I don't see he's been a big yeah. disappointment uh to yeah. me so far this year talk about those two players you know I agree with you I'll start with Travis because I expected you know uh, him to continue to ascend and continue to take steps forward in his development. I was hoping that he would be uh, really, really disruptive this season, and that just hasn't been the case for whatever reason. He has not taken that next step in his development, so I agree with you. That's very disappointing to see uh, Travis Gibson kind of not take that next step forward. As far as Nick Morrow, I think that uh, he's been as advertised, right? He was what you kind of expected. Mm-hmm. Not a huge linebacker, but he's fast. He uses, he uses his athleticism to get to the ball. Um, sometimes he bounces off some tackles. You'd like to see him be a little bit uh, more of a short tackler in some situations. But I think that I've liked what he's what I've seen from 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 Nick Morrow. He's not a game changing linebacker. He isn't making game changing plays in terms of taking the ball away or blowing things up in the backfield. You haven't really seen that from him. But he's been solid. He's been the leader on that defense. He makes all the calls and the checks. And so I I've been impressed by what he's done. But I think they could they could upgrade at a lot of positions on this defense and. Um, I think linebacker and defensive line up and down each spot. I think they could stand some improvement, but I like what I've seen from Nick Morrow for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I really like how he's played so far. Hope he can keep it 
Uh, now let's talk about the NFL as a whole, Herb. I'm getting depressed talking about the Bears. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> what you know, some people said the NFL season's been weird. Of course, you know, Philly's got the best record. Um, <clears throat> you know, Chiefs and uh, Bills are battling out for the top record in the AFC. What's impressed you so far? You know, for the NFL as a whole. I, I I like you know the the young quarterbacks right now. That's what I'm really really liking. Just the seeing the development of the young quarterbacks. Whether you talk about you know, guys like Josh Allen. Now, you, we, you think about, like, Patrick Mahomes, and it seems like he's been around forever. He's still a very, very young quarterback in this league, and I think he's still getting better. And so just watching these young quarterbacks develop um, has been impressive. I mean, obviously the game is built to, for the quarterbacks to have success. You can barely touch them. You can barely touch the wide receivers on the outside. Everybody wants points. And so you're going to – you know, the quarterbacks are going to benefit from that. But I think that just watching their skill sets, I've just been impressed by how many of these quarterbacks – are dual threat quarterbacks They're able to run the ball and use their legs uh, to pick up first downs, but they're also able to, you know, make the reads and make the throws. And so if I had to pick, you know, any just one thing in particular that I've been very, very impressed by this year, it's just how many of these young quarterbacks are able to play at such a high level. And sticking with the NFL, uh, Odell Beckham Jr., who got uh, he tore his ACL last year's Super Bowl. Now, there's rumor has it that the Dallas Cowboys are interested in him. I know the Rams were before they started losing their star players, but do you think it's a great, a good idea for OBJ to play this year? Me personally, I don't think so. Just uh, rest up and 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 uh, go search for your new team during the offseason because you ask a guy who tore his ACL almost a year ago to come back and play in, a, in about two games at the end of the regular season and ramp it up quickly for the playoffs. I don't think it's a good idea. Uh, what are your thoughts about old BJ? Do you think he plays it at all this year? Yeah, I think, you know, it used to be where that was a 12, 18 month injury all the time. And now you got guys that are able to come back from it in 10, 11 months and, you know, be able to, to, to be uh, productive players. And so, you know, each, each injury is different and you got to see, you know, how he's healed up and how rehab has gone for him. The Dallas Cowboys obviously have some concerns about whether or not he can actually help them this year. You know, they brought him in and um, has the physical. He hasn't been working out for anybody. And so I think there are some legitimate concerns there. Um, But if he is healthy, if he is healthy and able to play, I think he can help you. Um, Not necessarily from the sense that he's going to come out and be your number one receiver, Mm -hmm. but in the sense that if he's your number two or your number three receiver, you got to respect him. That should open some things up for some of your other players. And so if he's healthy and he's able to, you know, come out and maybe he can give you 25, 30 snaps a game, mm-hmm. I think that he's somebody who could help a already good offense. Now, if you if he's if you want him to come in and save your offense, that's that's I think you're asking too much. But if you just want to insert him into an offense that's already productive, that can already create some explosives, I think he can help you. Now, let's talk about the NFC North for a second, Herb. Uh, of course, uh, Mike said at the top record right now, Packers, you know, they basically have to win out or to at least be in contention for one of those last three wild card spots. Do you think the Lions can somehow sneak in there and perhaps maybe get one of the wild card spots? You know, they've been playing better. No, I don't think so. I think that um I think that you'll see the NFC East, you know, locking up most of those wild card spots you talk about. The Eagles running away with it, but you've got Dallas, you've got the Giants, you've got the Commanders, all of them still in contention. I think that all of those teams are better than the Detroit Lions are, and they've all been playing better than the Packers have. And so as long as they got 12 up there in Green Bay, I won't count them out. That dude is an absolute assassin. And so he always, I always leave room for him to do something crazy um, and, and get them in anyway. But if I think, if I had to bet, if I had to bet on it, I would say that the NFC East is, Probably they're going to get at least two of those. 
and then maybe you get one from somewhere else. Um, I don't think that the NFC North is going to get more than one team. I think the, obviously the Vikings are going to go, but I don't think that the the Viking that the Packers and definitely not the Lions. I don't think either of them will be able to sneak into that last wild card spot. We're halfway home with our guy Herb Howard, who covers the Bears for It's the Bigs Media, right here on Second City Sports hashtag Football Friday Edition. Sid LeKing and hanging out with you on Sports Zone Chicago. Let's switch over to the AFC. Herb, I know the Buffalo Bills lost Von Miller for the season, but do you think the AFC yeah. still runs to Buffalo? Or do you think Kansas City or a surprising team like the Dolphins have what do you think one of those two teams that has something to say by by the regular season's end? I think that Buffalo seems to have the most complete roster, but you lose a pass rusher like that in the playoffs. And again, talking about how good these quarterbacks are, the only way to win in the playoffs is to be able to disrupt them. You gotta have consistent pass rush especially late in games in those fourth quarter situations where these games are going to come down to that like you play to get the bills and the chiefs it's going to come down to the last possession and somebody's going to have to be able to apply some pressure and you got to be able to get home preferably with your front four without having the blitz and take somebody else out of coverage against these quarterbacks and so um that's a huge blow i will still stick with the bills right now i'll still say that the bills are the best team that i see but the Bengals are coming. Like, the Bengals are coming. They got to the Super Bowl last year, and I think they're peaking at the right time. And so if they can continue continue to ascend over the last quarter of the season, I think that they could be in position to be um, really, really tough to beat. What they can do offensively in terms of the wide receivers that they have with Higgins, with Chase, they can just do a lot of things to you offensively. And so I, I'm, I'm looking at the Bengals coming. I'm still holding on to the Bills right now. The Chiefs, they have Patrick Mahomes, they got Travis Kelsey, but I don't know if they have the complete roster that the Bills and Bengals have. It'll depend on how the seeding comes out, who has to play who, and where they have to play them. That'll factor into the situation as well. But right now, if I had to rank the AFC, I would go Bills, Bengals, and then the Chiefs. Yeah, I was going to ask you about Baltimore. Do you think they can hang on and win the AFC North, especially with even with Lamar Jackson being out for a couple of weeks with that PCL? And, or do you think the Bengals can come in and you know pass them up? Yeah, I think the Bengals will probably end up catching them. Um, I think the Bengals will probably end up catching them. Just watching how both teams are trending. Um, I know they won without Lamar Jackson, but they won like 10 to 9 or something like that, right? It's like they I don't know that they can continue to um, pull games out that way. And, again, I just think that the Bengals, more so about the Bengals even than it is the Ravens, just watching how they are ascending. I think they're going to be really, really tough to beat over the last four or five weeks of the season. And so um, – Hopefully the Bengals, the Ravens can hang in there and still maybe, you know, secure a wild card spot. But um, I think the Bengals are ultimately going to win the North. All right, Herb, since we got you here, we have a few minutes left with you before you became the guy for the bigs covering the Bears. Uh, you were a college athlete yourself. I know you're going to brag about that a little bit. So yeah. tell us about your experience of being a college football player. Oh no! It was it was it was it was it was brief to be honest with you. But I was went, went down to SIU in Carbondale and um, I had some complications, health complications, my senior year in high school that kind of led me uh, to be there. And uh, it was cool. I got there and uh, Brandon Jacobs, the running back from the Giants, was there, and they had a really really good team uh, that year. Actually, went to the one uh, AA semifinals and lost to Delaware when Joe Flacco was the quarterback. He came to Carbondale. Uh, and, and, and won that game for them. And so that was a cool, really, really cool experience uh, just to, you know, 
continue to play the game that you that you love. You grew up around a game. You just want to play it for 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 as long as you can. So it was it was a, it was a really really cool experience. Didn't last as long as I wanted it to, probably because I just didn't have the. I don't know. It, it was more of things that I I didn't take advantage of more than anything. But it was really it was a really really cool experience. Yeah, how'd you end up, uh, you know, get into uh, journalism and uh, at the bigs? Well, I started just kind of just freelancing. Just I just I've always really really liked the Bears. I've always been a huge fan of the game. Uh, I can remember just like being a kid and I would sit down every day every year for the draft and I would just sit there with my notepad and I would write down every pick and every player and what school they went from and what team they went to and positions and all those things. I probably still have that notepad somewhere just years and years of of NFL drafts. <laughs> and so I've always just kind of followed the game that way and I'd follow the Bears the same way and I would just do um I was just going on YouTube and just like talk about the Bears on my own for a while. And I met uh, Eugene McIntosh and Terrence Tomlin, the founders of the Bigs. I met them and just kind of talking through sports, we started to do a, uh, a pregame show. We called it the kickoff kickback during the pandemic season in 2020. And How we much that was like, great. That was yeah, great. It yeah, was. thank it really was. you. Thank you. We would just do that, you know, on Sunday mornings from like 10 to 12 and talk about the Bears and talk about the NFL. And so as that kind of concluded, they were like, yo, what what would you think about, you know, coming to cover the Bears for us? And I was like, look, don't play with me like that. Like, that's that's like a dream come <laughs> true. And so um, I, I kind of left it alone. They were like, no, nah, we're serious. I was like, yeah, whatever. And, um, you know, a little bit before training camp in 2021, you know, everything came through with the Bears and my credentials and uh now i'm on my second season you know working the bears beat I, I love it uh it's a lot to it um it definitely offers me a change in my perspective a little bit i'm it's like it's good and it's bad like, i'm not as big a bears fan as i used to be which is kind of sad like I, I used to be just this huge 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 bears fan and uh, you know just die hard and now I, just different perspectives i just kind of view it differently but i really really love it it's um it's a joy uh going to all the games, following them around the country, those types of things it takes a lot, but it's, it's something that I really, really enjoy doing. I get to be around the game. I love uh, and cover the team that I love in the city that I love. And so uh, I'm, I'm fortunate. I'm blessed. I appreciate the opportunity and I just try to do the best I can with it every day. And before I ask my last question, you guys get the best access to the, uh, to the players yeah, unlike uh, other media members in the city. So we definitely appreciate yeah. that. And you guys bring something uh, different to the table than like I said, all the other out outlets in town my last it's question one of the few places i'm sorry I, I, it's, ahead, one of the, it's one of the few places in america um where it is to our benefit to be young and black you know what i mean like it's yeah. just yeah. it's <laughs> one it's yeah. one of the few places in america where that works to our benefit and so um you know it makes it a little bit more relatable to the players we speak the same language we come from the same places um mm -hmm. we walk the same we talk the same that kind of stuff and so uh that that allows you to just kind of develop more authentic relationships with the players. And so when the time does come where you want, you know, a one-on-one -on -one interview or you need a question answered, uh, they seem to be more apt to give me a, a legitimate answer as they see it. And so I, I appreciate that. Um, I try to treat them with the, the level of respect that they deserve. Uh, it's not easy to be, you know, in the NFL. All those players are really, really great. No matter how we talk about them and decipher them and we analyze them as we should, um, but they're really, really good at what they do. And so I respect them for that. And uh, I just try to, you know, just have genuine interactions with them. And so, so far, so good. 
Yeah, as we say all the time, context is key, and sometimes some people get them and some people don't, which is unfortunate. Now, my last yeah. question for me, Herb, uh, you guest starred on the Sports Adjacent Podcast, which is part of the <laughs> House of L Network. We're a friend of the show, uh, Jason Leisure from the Sun-Times, of course, and another friend of the show, Russell Dorsey, of course, uh, worked yeah. with Tony Gill on the old Dean Davis show back in the day. Uh, you really held your own over there. You, sent, yeah. you, had, you had fun over there doing a, a couple of those episodes. Talk to us about that experience. No, it was fun. I, uh, I've had a chance to, to do Sports Adjacent twice now, I believe. And uh, it's a really good time. All those dudes are really good dudes. Uh, yeah. Jason Leisure uh, has become a really good friend of mine. He was one of the first. He was the first person when I joined the beat last season uh, to just kind of you know, introduce himself to me and you know, let me know, hey, if you need something, you know, don't hesitate to, to ask me for it. And he's just been um, a, a really, really good friend and somebody that I can go to and lean on for for different things as I just continue to get more and more experience in this industry. Uh, he's been a good friend both in the media room and outside of it. And so he asked me to come on the show. I was like, of course. And so that, it was fun. Uh, Russ is absolutely hilarious. And, mm-hmm. and, and Tony is just he phenomenal is. <laughs> at what he does. And so uh, it was definitely, definitely a good time. Anytime I get to hang out with those guys, shout out to Sports to Jason. Uh what advice would you give for, for someone who's trying to get into you know, doing what you're doing and you know, covering the Bears and, and whatnot? Yeah, I would say just, you know, continue to stack good days. Just be intentional about it. Put as much, you know, time and, and effort as you can into it and understand the the, the work that comes with it. It's a lot, right? So th- there's a lot of mm-hmm. things that go into it. And the, the scheduling is not your own. You're kind of at the mercy of whatever team you're covering. So if mm-hmm. they say, hey, press conferences are at this time, that's, that's, that's just what it is. And if they change it five minutes before, then they just change it five minutes before. And they they, they can. And so uh, there's a lot of work that goes into it in terms of you know spending long days at Hallis Hall and the long breaks that may be in between practice and press conferences or talking to assistant coaches at 5.30 at night and then trying to get back into traffic and get back into the city. And that could be hour and a half, two hours coming from Lake Forest <laughs> in rush hour. So there's a there's a lot that goes into it. And I'll just, you know, be prepared for, for that aspect of it as well. It's a lot of fun. I enjoy it. Um, but there's definitely um, a lot of work that goes into it. But anybody that's passionate about it, I would say, especially now, you know, there's a way to get into the industry now than was different from ever before, right? You can kind of start mm-hmm. things on your own. You can kind of, kind of create your own shows and you can make your own connections, even with the athletes and players via social media or whatever it's going to be. And so uh, that's a nice avenue to be able to have, but just to be consistent um, and be right. I think there's this, there is such a need to be first right now mm-hmm. that people mm-hmm. don't even care to be right. And you just end up putting out, all kind of crazy stuff going on and you know the blue checks on twitter and how that's going right now so every this is misinformation just flying around from everywhere and so i would just say you know be consistent be passionate uh be prepared for the work and then and 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 be accurate be accurate all right that's great advice from my guy mr herb howard making his second city sports debut right here on sports on chicago he covers the bigs for for it's the bigs media you can go to it's the bigs.us. You can follow Herb Power on Twitter at Herb Howard 411. Once again, at Herb Howard 411. Lakeem, let's give this nice young man a hand for a great job today. The man received that. The I appreciate y'all. Thank y'all so very, very much for having me. Keenan said it was an absolute pleasure. Thank y'all so right much. Back after. Same, same. Yes, we'll have you on again soon. Uh, take care and keep up the great Looking work. Looking forward to it. I will. All y'all right. do the same. All you right. too. Thank you. All right, Lakina, 
we got we got a break real quick, but coming up next, we have our girl Miss Christine the Queen Manica from KXRB in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. She's gonna give us her picks for this week's week 14 games in the NFL. And we had to discuss uh, the White Sox with her and a whole lot of other fun stuff. You listen to the Second City Sports Friday edition, hashtag football Friday edition. I'm Sid, that's Lakina. You listen to Sports Old Chicago. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks? They can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Hey, this is Dr. J, and I listen to Sean and Maya in the morning. 
do, do. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Welcome back to Second City Sports. We're live in Living Color on the hashtag Football Friday edition right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can get at your truly via the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S I D K I D A zero. That's S I D K I D A zero. You can follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at Kino McGee on the IG. And we'll have our girl, Miss Christine, the Queen Manica from KXRB, joining us shortly with her Week 14 NFL picks while we wait for her appearance, Lakina. Just a couple of quick things about last night's Thursday night football contest between the Los Angeles Rams and the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders had two dumb penalties on the Rams' <laughs> last drive. Baker yep. Mayfield, on his third day with the team, comes back at least the home team on a 98-yard drive to beat the Raiders 17-16. to Lakina, I didn't think the Raiders <laughs> were going to make the playoffs anyway, but last night's loss just confirmed it for me. The, <laughs> the, the Those late Raiders from last night went back to be the old-school Raiders from back in the day. Dumb penalties, not scoring enough points, even though Devontae Adams had another great one-handed catch. Uh, it was just ugly. <laughs> if you're a Raiders fan, you definitely uh, had to have your, uh, your head in your hands uh, today. Yeah, I mean, they lost to a guy who literally just came off the street like two days ago. And yeah. <laughs> let him down the field. And they, like you said, those two stupid penalties that set him up that game winning uh, touchdown pass to Van Jefferson. And of course, you know, with that game with an extra points. So it, it was just like, oh, Lord. I mean, you, th those darn, uh, you know, those darn penalties and such. So. It, it's just crazy, but uh, yeah, it, it, you know that, that whole game itself. I mean, like you said, I I, I did think they were gonna win any go to the playoffs anyway, but mm -hmm. you know, c come on, it was just a little silly. Yeah, it was silly. So the the Raiders will basically have to win out, and hopefully, uh, in their situation, hopefully the Chargers will lose out. The Jets, I, I know they're still uh, hanging on to a wild card spot. Uh, it, it's gonna it, it's gonna become uh, tighter in in the. Uh, AFC wildcard race, much more so in the NFC, which I agree with her power in our last last segment. I don't think that it's going to be too much in the NFC. I know the Giants are still hanging around. The guy, big game, will give you our picks uh, who they're playing coming up. But I think it's going to be uh, a, a much more wild race in the AFC in terms of the playoff chase than in the NFC. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, that was just a crazy game. I caught the tail end of that, and uh, it's it just a little bit nutty. So it, it, it's yeah. kind of... It's kind of, you know, a little bit nutty here, but uh, yeah, I mean, just a, you know, I think they have been like, oh, for, I think Baker Mayfield has, you know, you know trailing mm -hmm. by, you know, 13 points, you know, plus points. He's now two and one off the bench, which <laughs> we're trailing by 13 plus points. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's just, you know, but yeah, I mean, you know, wasted a, a big, you know, time, uh, well, for Devontae Adams. So, uh, you know, wasted that uh, great performance by him. But yeah, that, that, if you're a Raiders fan, you, you thought that the loss to the Colts was bad. <laughs> but you know, that's nothing compared to that. I know. I know. Christine's been having uh, issues with the uh, the Wi-Fi where she's at, so I, I know that you know she's been said that's probably why we haven't gotten to her yet. But you know, we're mm -hmm. giving her a little bit of time. But uh, we'll you know we'll say that we'll just say she had she had ten wins. I I I got your I ha I counted it. I got double I double checked. <laughs> <laughs> you had uh, nine, Sid, and uh, okay. I had nine. So uh, she's right behind you, Sid. She's only like one game behind you. Oh, one uh, game. Now. Oh, I got yeah, only... we gotta get some separation. I don't like yeah. this. I yeah, don't like this. I, I need to dominate, dominate, yeah, dominate. She's, yeah, she's literally like in your, in your tail now. So oh, uh, I, think, I think, oh, I think we're ready. I think we're ready to uh, for 
you know, for her to come on. So our buddy, you know, KXR, RB, Miss Christine Manica. Hey, Christine. Yay! I am so sorry. There, It's just, it's crazy. No, no, it, it's fine. Though. I'm glad you were able to find a place that had got a somewhat decent Wi-Fi. So what, what, well, what, whatever. Well, now I'm on my phone, and this seems to be working a little bit better. So we're we're gonna keep it like this, I think. Okay. okay. Well, good, and we can see you as well for those of you that's watching uh, via Roku and via our Facebook and YouTube pages. Christine, I'm sure you heard Lakina's great news. Uh, you had ten wins last week. Me and Lakina both had yes, nine. You won. Yeah, you won game behind me. I, I don't like this. Yes, I am. <laughs> yes, she is. Yeah, I'll say she's right at you. Yeah, right, I'm coming for you. Yeah, we got like five weeks left, so uh, <laughs> let's get right to, of course, the Bears on by. Thank God we don't have to pick a Bears game, guys. You know, let, let's be really happy about that. <laughs> also, this is the last of the bye weeks. You got the Packers, the Falcons, the Colts, the Saints, and the Commanders. So, you know, adjust your fantasy teams accordingly if you're, those, if you're not, your, not in your playoffs in your league already. Uh, let's start off here. A really good one here in the AFC East. You got the 75 Jets against the Bills. Of course, you know, Von Miller is out for the year, as we mentioned earlier with Herb. And, yeah, this is going to be a very interesting game. So, uh, Sid, you start for us, please. I know Buffalo's favored by 10 and a half. If I was a betting man, which I am not, but I would take the Jets and the points. It's going to be a defensive struggle, but I think Buffalo has enough to win. They'll have to adjust uh, with life without Von Miller, but I think they'll have enough to get, get it done because the Jets do not have enough offense, particularly in their running game. So I'm going with Buffalo. Stay with me. I'm going to stick with Buffalo. I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets do something crazy or take advantage of the fact that Von Miller is out for the season. Um, but I'm going to stick with Buffalo. I think the Bills mainly because I trust Josh Allen. I know he, he tends to make you know, weird interceptions at, at opportune times, you know, sometimes. But but I also think, you know, Mike White, we saw with that uh, Minnesota game last week. It, it, yeah, yeah, it, it, you're not you're not ready. You're not ready. <laughs> so... Should be a look. I would be surprised that Justin Mount win it. No, I, I would be so shocked. But uh, I would pick the Bills. You know, but it's gonna be a close one. Uh, AFC North time. We got the Browns and the Bengals. Christine, you start this one for us, please. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm sick with the Bengals. They're the better team, and I I don't want to see Cleveland win. That's my own personal bias. Take it as what you will. But yeah, Bengals. Yeah, Cleveland's offense looked like trash last week, uh, and. Houston couldn't, if they had an office, they wouldn't have won the game, but that's besides the point. The Bengals, as I said last week, would beat the Chiefs, and that's exactly mm -hmm. what, what happened. So Joe Burrow's 3-0 against the Kansas City Chiefs, including last year's AFC title game. The Bengals are favored by five and a half. I think the Browns will bring it defensively, but Cincinnati's on a roll right now, so I'm, I'm, sticking, I'm sticking with Cincinnati. Yeah, I think the Bengals, too, I feel like, like, like Herb said, they're going to have the right time. I think they're trying mm -hmm. to Just like last exercise. year. Yeah, the, I think they're exercising that, you know, that uh, uh, Super Bowl runner-up curse, you know, with the Rams being where they are right now, despite their win last night. They only have four wins now. So I'm going to pick, you know, the Bengals just because they're a better team. All right. Uh, uh, Texans and Cowboys. I think we can all say it, you know, you know, one, two, three. Two, three. Cowboys. Cowboys. <laughs> there we go. See? See, save some time there. Save some time there. It might get ugly too. So you Yeah, know. Davis Mills is is back starting at quarterback yep. of Houston. Yeah, yeah. That that see that that's you know, as if I needed another reason to pick the to pick the no no change to Davis Mills, but uh yeah, no, no. Yeah. All right, <laughs> next uh, game. Sid, all right, yeah. Sid, you start this one for us. You got the Vikings and the Lions in the NFC North battle. 
Uh, this game in the Chicago land area will be seen on uh, locally on Fox 32. Uh, the Detroit Lions are we cannot make this stuff up. Detroit is a two point favorite at home. That's right, they're a minus two point favorite at home against Minnesota. Of course, they beat the Vikings for their first win last year when they were a much worse team, worse mm-hmm. team. Sorry for my uh, bad English, but I know see. the Vikings attended to the Lions are five and seven. I like the way the Lions have been playing, but. <laughs> this is tough. This, this is really tough. And so <clears throat> Vegas says they get they still give a slight advantage to Minnesota, but I, I, I'm gonna step out on this one. Take two and call me in the morning. But I'm going with the Lions in the field goal. Okay. I, I was close to picking the Lions too, just because again I said this a couple of weeks ago. I don't think Jared Goff is the answer. I think the coach is the answer. I think the mm-hmm. the players around him are the answer. And the coach is really, I think, the response is uh, has the responsibility for um, getting the team to where they even are performance wise. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sticking with Minnesota just because they they have the coach, they have all the tools that they need. I, again, I don't think Kirk Cousins is the answer either, but he's working for them right now. <laughs> Yeah, I know they play really close. I think the Lions probably should have won that game, that first meeting. But I feel like the Vikings, I know that, you know, yeah, they got a little bit too close to cover in that, in that win against the Jets. But I think they'll do just enough. I think they know that they can uh, clinch uh, a playoff spot if they win. So I think they're going to have a little bit of incent- incentive. So I think they'll win this one. Good one here in the NFC East. Chrissy, you can start this one for us. Uh, Eagles and Giants. You know, I was so surprised that the Giants even went into overtime last week with the Commanders. Um, But you know what? It it just shows that this season in the NFL has been so weird. You know, it's been so out of the ordinary from week one and and a couple weeks after that even. But I'm sticking with the Eagles. I'm sticking with the Birds for this one. Yeah, what? Yeah, Washington blew that game last week. They should have won it. I know it ended up in a tie, but if you're a Giants player – you should feel like you lost that game. It should, it should feel like you lost that game. As I suspected, this will be that start of the Giants' downslide of not making the playoffs. Uh, they tied Washington last week. They still got to play Dallas. Well, no, they done with Dallas. They still yeah. got to play the Commanders uh, next week in D.C., and they still got to play the Eagles one more time. So after uh, this Sunday, I'm going with the Eagles. So the get ready, Giants fans, for your downfall. Yeah, yeah, I think that was. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, I think that tie was the start of the downward spiral for the Giants. Yeah, I was never a believer in the Giants. So even with that win, you know, when they got the seven wins, but I think the mm-hmm. Eagles realized that they can they can clinch a they can clinch a, a playoff spot right now with this win. So I think they'll they'll do it. I think they'll do it on Sunday. All right, uh, AFC South. Okay, you got the Jaguars and the Titans. Sid, you start this one. I want to pick Jacksonville, but the way Tennessee got embarrassed by Philadelphia on the road last week, I know Tennessee's a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm going with Tennessee. It's usually, this usually t- uh, is an ugly game because they're division rivals. I know Jacksonville has been playing much better. I know they got their doors blown off at Detroit last week, but but the way Tennessee got embarrassed last week against the best team in the NFC record-wise, I'm going with the Titans. Yeah, yeah, Jacksonville still doesn't look good, <laughs> in, in my opinion, anyway. So I'm sticking with Tennessee. Yeah, I never, you don't know what what Jags here they get. You're, no. you're gonna get the team that uh that you know got you know beat uh the me of the Chargers, but you're also gonna get the team that got their butts kicked a couple weeks back. So I think the Titans too. I think they're gonna be. I think they're gonna be a little bit miffed. Mike Bray will have his guys ready, so I'm, I'm picking the uh the Titans here. Here, I, I think it'll be ugly though, but I think they'll 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 end up winning it late. 
All right, first of the three o'clock games, he got the Chiefs and the Broncos in the AFC. Oh, uh, did we West. do Baltimore Pittsburgh? No, we did not. No, we did. We did. Oh, yeah, that's right. I, I skipped <laughs> that one. My bad. Uh, AFC North, he got the Ravens and the Steelers. Of course, Tyler Huntley will have the start. Of course, you know, Lamar Jackson's going to be out for about three weeks with that uh, sprained PCL. Uh, it's going to be ugly, like it usually is between these two teams, you know, because this could be a 9 6 6 3 type of thing. I think the Ravens will pull it out. Just because I I don't trust the Steelers at this point in the season. I, I don't. <laughs> Pittsburgh's a two-point favorite at home, so Vegas is telling you that Baltimore is slightly better. Usually the home team gets three. But because they're at home, it's going to be ugly. I'm going with the Steelers. I'm stepping out. I'm going with the Steelers, too, just because I think Lamar Jackson is going to be out for a couple of weeks. And, you know, the Steelers – they haven't looked totally great th this year for whatever reason, for multiple reasons, I should say. Um, but I, I'm sticking with the Steelers for this one. It, would, I, it wouldn't shock me. Like I said, these two teams always have mm. their battles. So Kenny you know, Pickett's been playing better the last couple yeah. weeks. Yeah. Too. Yes. Yeah, he really has. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, all right. Now we go to the three o'clock games. You got the Yay. Chiefs and the Broncos. Yeah. Well, <laughs> ooh, yeah. Chiefs and Broncos, the AFC West. Ooh, I think we, I think we all agree. I mean, unless something weird, you know, monumental happens, you know, we get a chance to ask her about this, you know, Russell Wilson and such. But, uh, looks like the thing hacking will be get his, uh, pink slip at the end of the season. So I'm picking the Broncos. I, I mean, uh, the Chiefs. The Chiefs, Woo! I should say. I, don't know, I almost called myself there. Yeah, I'm picking the Chiefs. Did you say that you think that Wilson will get the pink slip by the end of the season? No, I said Hackett. No, I said Hackett. Oh, Hackett will okay. Get the pink slip. I was going to say, I'm like, whoa, I think Hackett should get it more than Wilson at this point. Well, they just give him that big contract, so he's not going anywhere. Wilson is. Right. So, but yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> they stuck with him. They're stuck with him, yeah. but yeah, how can they get rid of? <laughs> yeah, Sid, I'll keep my insurance sweet. Let's ride Kansas City every time now. <laughs> yeah, Kansas City's favored by nine. I'm going with the Chiefs, but don't be surprised if Kansas City starts to play around in the first mm -hmm. half, going through oh, the motions, yeah. and, and then yep. they'll get down by three or so, uh, some happenstance. The game is tied at halftime, and then in the second half, they'll come out and uh, go guns blazing. But I'm going with Kansas City. Yeah, which could very well end up happening, I think. Mm -hmm. All right, Panthers coming off a bye as they face the Seahawks. Uh, Sid, you start this one for us. Uh, Seattle's been limping down the stretch, but they're still a better team. They're still in the playoff race at 7-5. Carolina's trying to finish off the season. We'll ask Christine about their former quarterback later. <laughs> but as far as this game is concerned, Seattle's a three-and-a-half point favorite at home in America's other game of the week for Fox as part of their, their doubleheader. I'm going with Seattle. I'm just going to go with Seattle because they are the home team and because you don't know what team we're going to get out of Carolina. You know, they've had so many ups and downs this season, quarterback changes and, and whatnot. You just don't know what you're going to get, but you know what you're kind of going to get with Seattle, especially at home. Absolutely. Yeah. You know that that 12th man, I know that uh, they love Gino over there now. So, yeah, they yeah. really need us to keep pacing that NFC uh, wild card. Like you guys said, I mean, you know, Panthers, you don't know what you're going to get. So they're coming off a bye, so that could help them yeah. a little bit. But, you know, they'll, they'll keep it close. But, yeah, I think Seahawks uh, will pull away late. Now, now, I think – are we going to get this game here in Chicago? I think – I know uh, Fox got the double header, but uh, this is the other – probably the game of the week, I think. Uh, the Bucks and the 49ers. Yes, we will. Excellent. So, uh, Bucks, you know, cut out that short uh, week, you know, with that win against the Saints on Monday. 49ers, of course. Remember, no Jimmy G, Christine, you know, at least for the next few hey. weeks. Yeah, I know. I know. Like, you know bro, 
I know. At least like, he does need surgery. That's right. what I'm happy about. At least yeah. he doesn't need surgery. Yeah, so he could he could be back for the playoffs to the well, the 49ers get there. So Chrissy, you start this one for us. Uh, you know, uh Mr. Irrelevant John uh, Josh Purdy is now becoming relevant, and I think he looked great, but I don't think it's necessarily because of him. I think it's because of the defense and the stacked offensive lines. Both teams are stacked in that regard. And I think it also helps that even during the season, he would do reps with those guys, not just the, you know, the B team, C team, whatever you want to call them. He worked with the first stringers. He worked with Jimmy G in case something like this were to happen. Jimmy G's been a great mentor, not just for, um, you know, Trey Lance, but also for mm -hmm. Josh Purdy too. And it shows, I think, in that game, in that type of situation, he was ready to go. And, I mean, 22 years old against Tom Brady, who's 45. I mean, it's kind of, <laughs> it, it's it's incredible. This kid was watching Tom Brady as he was, you know, coming into his own. So the fact that he's probably playing against him is surreal in his mind. And I can only imagine what he's going through. But because of... The I, I think just because the offense is solid, Christian McCaffrey is solid, I'm going with the 49ers. Yeah, the 49ers are three-and-a-half-point favorites. They need a big game from Christian McCaffrey, as you said, Christine. Their defense last week was solid, especially against that high-powered Miami uh, Dolphins offense. I told you guys they would shut them down. Uh, it's going to be an ugly one. I think it's going to be a Lakina special pre-1980s football because the Tampa Bay's offense is so putrid. They were lucky to win that game last week against New Orleans. <laughs> they should have scored more points than 16, but it's going to take eight or nine wins for that sorry-ass NFC South division. My goodness. But so the Buccaneers <laughs> is going to take another setback. I'm going with the 49ers. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, they're coming off a short week, and I think they'll. I think as long as Purdy doesn't make any mistakes, he should be fine. I mean, they just, just mm -hmm. give it to just give it to B Devo, just give it to Christian McCaffrey, let the mm -hmm. defense do its job, and just you know they'll 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 be just fine. All right, Sunday night here, you got the Dolphins and the Chargers. Uh, say you start this one. I know both these teams are on the AFC wildcard race with Miami leading at eight and four. The Chargers are six and six. They lost um, another close one to. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders on a roll last week after pulling out a game at Arizona uh, the week before. You don't know which Chargers team you, that you're going to get from week to week. I like Justin Herbert. That defense has been uh, hit and miss all year. Part of it is due to injuries. I want to pick them because they're at home, but I would not be surprised if the Dolphins won this game. Miami is a three-point row favorite. Call me crazy. I'm going with Logic here. I'm going with Miami. I'm going with Miami, too. You know, I think Justin Herbert's looked great this year. I think Khalil Mack has looked way better than what he did with the Bears, you know, his last couple of years with them. But Miami, they just have something going. You know, they want to play for Tua. They got Tariq Hill, too. So that's another factor that's really lighting up this team. And they have a coach that actually takes accountability. I don't know if you saw the, the video, but one play that he called – he said, I fill in the blank there up, and he you know, <laughs> owned it. And you don't see many coaches doing that, especially when they mess mess up on on Mike McDaniel. Like yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm I'm going with Miami here too, Sid. Oh my goodness. I want to pick the Chargers so bad, just mainly because, you know. But yeah, I mean, you know. Only because uh, Mike Williams need to do something for my fantasy team. You know, one of the reasons why I'm still behind on it is because they haven't had good production. He hasn't been able to stay healthy. But I am going to go with logic and pick the Dolphins. 
Should be a interesting one here. Uh, Monday night, uh, you got the Patriots and the Cardinals coming off a bye. Uh, the Patriots, uh, you know, I never know what the you know, Patriots are going to get. Could we see a Bailey Zappi? I know people in, in, in Boston are already like, you know, chanting for him to come on. <laughs> uh, you know, oddly enough, out of the Cardinals, you know, they're coming off a bye. You know, take two and call me. I- I'm picking the Cardinals only because they're at home. I don't know why, but I, I feel like, you know, they're-, they're they've been off for a bit. I'll-, I'll say the Cardinals. I'm going with the Cardinals too. And you know, I think by the end of the season, they're they're going to clean house and Bill Belichick and Jerry Jones, not Jerry Jones, Bill Belichick and Ro- and uh, Rob World, Robert Kraft. Oh, Robert Kraft. Robert Kraft. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I said Jerry. They look so similar, you know. <laughs> <laughs> They look like a little bit. They look like a little bit. It's been a long, it's been a long day for me. So I Robert Kraft and I Bill Belichick, they're gonna do some cleaning house, I think, come off season. Let's make it three for three. I'm going with the Cardinals as well. They're the they're the better team at home. I know New England's a point and a half favorite, but I'm taking Arizona. I know Arizona is barely hanging on to hope as far mm-hmm. as making the playoffs, but they're a the better team, especially offensively. So they should be able to win this game. All right, and those are our picks for Week 14 in the NFL. You listen to Second City Sports on Sports Social Chicago with Keita McGee, Cindy Brown, and our girl uh, Carrick Sarbia is Christine Manica joining us. You know, the good news is we had to we had to do a Bears game this week. You know, thank the Yay! Lord. So that that was a win in of itself for us. Can so, I just say the the win for me the entire game was that field slid. He actually yeah. had the ball and he slid. <laughs> and I'm like, this is revolutionary. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> the kid, someone taught the kid how to slide. Yeah, someone should teach him that uh, full time this offseason. Hopefully, yeah, right. that up. You need to practice Not, all. No kidding. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's talk a little uh, MLB free agent sign for a second, uh, Christine. Uh, you know, this talks, you know, of course, we talked about it last week. They signed Mike Clevenger. Yeah, but they haven't done much else. You know, the winter meetings. You know, they kind of came up empty-handed. What do you think's been happening so far with your White Sox and you? Know, who who's your kind of like your? You know, I don't know. Long you guys have uh, have been signed. <laughs> your guess is as good as mine. I don't know. Look, I so my co-host Andy, he's a Cubs fan. So when I saw that they got Cody Bellinger, I said, "Hey, good good job. That's that's a pretty solid um that's a pretty solid pickup there." And you can see why you know they had to let Wilson Contreras go. I yeah. I believe he's off to the Cardinals now. But mm-hmm. even yep. with one year with Bellinger, I think it's going to make a little bit of a difference. Again, I don't know. I don't know what you're going to expect from that team coming up. I don't know what you're going to expect from the White Sox right now either. You still have, you know, Tim Anderson, Eloy, but everything else, I don't know. I don't know who's going to be that next big hitter. It could be Tim Anderson if he's healthy. It, it could be Adam Engel. I, I don't know. We're, we're just going to have to see how this team all plays out. Yeah, as we talked about uh, Lakina last week with our guy Sean Davis on the uh, Lucky Lefty podcast, it's a bunch of what is with the White Sox rather right now, and, th- and that's not good going in uh, into a new season. You still need a second baseman. There's a couple of uh, free agents out there. We talked about the free agents uh, in terms of the outfielders uh, last hour, Lakina. You still got Michael Conforto out there. You still have Michael Brantley. He's a veteran from the Houston Astros out there. The White Sox need an outfielder, defensive outfielder. Uh, if that person brings a, a bag with them, so be it. But they need defense to help out Luis Robert. Gavin Sheets, uh, he he should split time at DH with Eloy Jimenez. Yeah. He's your uh, he's mm-hmm. your 
first baseman with that Sunday afternoon lineup. Yep. <laughs> That's where uh, it was uh, occasional first base once a week. That's where Gary she's needs to be. He's not your yep. full-time right fielder. Uh, I love him, but he's not your right fielder nor left fielder. I know Andrew Vaughn's going to play first base. Eloy, he's going to stay at DH. I'm sick of Lakina. I love you. I'm sick of Lakina saying her favorite moment is Eloy Jimenez wrapped up in a net catching a foul ball. Ah! I'm sick of I'm sick of hearing it. So, uh, so Look, I don't want to get caught in the net. I've, exactly, I've exactly. I want to get caught in the net. That's all I want. Yeah. yeah, I know there was rumors out there that that Liam Hendricks could bring. Uh, some uh, uh, could bring some, some value. value in terms of second yeah. base and the outfielder. Yeah. Uh, yep. uh, do those White Sox fans, you have a right to your opinion, but who's your closer right now? Is should Liam Hendricks get Liam traded? Hendricks, Is it keep right? Him there. Right. Keep him yep. there. Right. Agreed. But if he, if, if he gets traded, who's your closer? Is it Jimmy Lambert? No. Is it I... Ronaldo Lopez? No. Uh-uh. Is it Aaron Bummer who's been injured the last couple of years? No. No. All I gotta say is that Griffold's got got his work cut off for this offseason. And I think if we if I know just from seeing a little bit of him at the press conference and just on social media, I think he's got a way of pulling the team together and pulling the guys together too. Well, yeah, they definitely are definitely gonna need that because the window's still open for the Sox to win that division. But I think the problem is is that you know Ryanswell doesn't want uh, Rick Hahn spending any money. So I honestly mm-hmm. don't know what what to say at, at this point for the Sox, the Sox fans. I mean, I, I don't know what to tell y'all. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just one of those things where you're just like, I I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss for words here. I want to get Christine's thing with baseball. I want to get Christine's thoughts on this. Of course, you, uh, is, is, uh, Xander Bogart signs with mm-hmm. the San Diego Padres. The Padres had opened up the checkbook for the last couple of years. You saw what the Yankees did as expected. Uh, to keep Aaron Judge three hundred sixty million dollars for over uh, nine years, I know the Dodgers are ta- uh, Dodgers are taking a slight step back because even though baseball does not, I repeat, does not have a salary cap, you don't want to go over that tax threshold. That means you'll get penalized. But uh, these big market teams are spending money uh, at a crazy rate, and you got to be smart with spending your money. And we saw the Mets do it for the last couple of years. They they've done it this all season so far, uh, bringing back Brandon Nimmo and adding Justin Verlander to their starting pitching staff after losing Jacob DeGrom. The White Sox, as we said, like, even during the rebuild, they have money. Ryan Storch just want to be so damn conservative and not spend it. I don't get it, Christine. I don't, I mean, look, I'm not in Ryan Storch's head. I'm not in Kenny Williams' head. I, I'm not in Rick Hahn's head either when it comes to the money management. Um, obviously, you know, when Machado, when he was up for grabs, they did give him a solid offer. He just, he just happened to go to the Padres. Uh, same with Jose, when he went on his press conference, uh, being an Astro, they said, he said that the White Sox gave him, gave him a good offer, but for whatever reason, it was, it wasn't enough for him. The fans weren't enough for him. So he decided to take his career in another direction. And that's fine. I think what I've seen in the last couple of years, the players, the big players that they want, they will give them a solid offer for. But unfortunately, players, they don't take it. And it mainly, I don't think it's because of the organization. I think it's because of the the city, so to speak. It's Chicago. You're playing in a Midwestern atmosphere where it can get cold. It can snow. It can rain. You, You can get all the elements out here. And I think for big players like Manny Machado, what attracts them is the warm weather, the the Californian weather. Mm -hmm. And 
when it comes to Aaron Judge, you know, his, his family is all pretty much all there. For the most part, they travel and, you know, he goes back mm-hmm. and forth with some friends and family in California, too. Right. But he's he's established a relationship in New York. And, and it's just a different they put their athletes, I think, up to a different perspective than what they do, say, in Chicago. Same thing with Houston. Their athletes are held to a different type of standard out there. So it, I guess what it comes down to, I think, is more of the environment and less of the organization. You know, switching gears here, talking some uh, basketball, of course. I want to talk about uh, to you about Charles Barkley's comments, uh, basically saying that the uh, cup that the the Bulls, I should say, you know, they should you know start you know tear it down and re you know and start rebuilding. What what's your thoughts on this? On that. I still think there's a lot of season left to go. People that says that say that you just want to tear them down and start over. We're like only a couple months and there's the basketball is one of the longest sports that just go on. And I feel like there's only a month in between where there isn't basketball happening. So I, I think we just got to wait to see how the season goes and, and what Billy Do- Donovan and the rest of the team can do. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't be pushing the panic button yet still. Now, if you're asking me this in February or March, then, yeah, then I'll say let's rebuild and start over. But right now, I, I want to see how the rest of the season plays out. Uh, we got a couple of minutes left with Christine, the Queen Manica of KXRB uh, in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, hanging out with us on the Friday edition of Second City Sports. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. Christine, uh, the, for those of you listening back on our Podcast replay at Warren Inger. Christine is wearing her professor glasses, so she's bringing the heat <laughs> as usual. Gla- it's my blue light glasses. I've, I've been staring at a computer all day, so I wear them around <laughs> the office. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask you about college football. Lakina, uh, uh, I think you have, uh, you'll get the schedule before who Notre Dame plays in their bowl game. But I want to ask South Carolina, what do you think about what do you think about that matchup with Notre Dame's bowl game? You know, that's going to be a good game just because South Carolina has been one of those surprising teams this year. Mm -hmm. And if, I mean, that game with Clemson was unreal. I was watching that um, with, uh, with Chris and and my future in-laws back in California when that game was going on. And I, I was going nuts. I I couldn't believe what they were doing to this team. And it's going to be, I think it's going to be a really good game. Yeah, yeah, they're going to be playing in the Gator Bowl, so it's going to be one of those New Year's. It should be a, a fun one. I think one of their, their top you know, guys has said that he's not going to play. So, mm. you know, yeah, I, I think, yeah, yeah, I just saw it. Uh, Michael Mayer, who is their uh, star uh, tight end, I'm talking about Notre Dame, said that he yeah. is going to sit out the bowl game. So, we're, you're, 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 you're kind of seeing more and more. We've been talking about the last couple of years, you know, more of the top players, you know, some are either entering the transfer pool and up, you know, playing in their bowl game, but some guys are, you know, skipping the bowl game entirely. I think it's because he wants to get ready for the NFL. I yeah. don't think it's because mm-hmm. he's entering a transfer portal. He's getting ready for the NFL. And the last thing he probably wants to do, especially when it's not the championship game, you don't want to risk injury. Mm-hmm. You don't want to hurt yourself. You want to get right. your body ready physically, mentally, whatever you got to do. So that's, I think, the reason behind that. Remember K- Christian McCaffrey did that a few years ago yeah. when he was at Stanford. I'm with you, Christine. Sorry, I've been right. saying yeah. I've been saying this all along. If you're not playing the college football playoff, you're not playing for the national championship. If you you know that millions of dollars are on the line, set out the bowl game, get ready for the NFL draft because you don't want to screw screw your future. Yeah, your future just earnings. Go with, with the that. team and enjoy the experience. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. yeah. you don't have to suit up. Just go and enjoy the experience. 
Absolutely. What do you think about uh, Coach Prime in Colorado? We get a chance, we get a chance to, ask me, to ask me that uh, last week. I think it's terrible that people are calling him a sellout. Because, look, when, when you go to a, ju a JUCO school, junior college, it, that's just a stepping stone for a lot of people. And I, and mm -hmm. I don't think they, they realize that. He's done a lot of great stuff for that school. He's brought in a lot more students. He's actually gotten people excited about football out there. And now it's time for him to move on to go to the next thing. So I think Colorado's excited. I think he went to a basketball game last night and everybody yep. was just going ballistic for Dion when, when he was at the game. So I think he's ready for this opportunity and ready for, uh, for a shot, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw the uh, Colorado. I saw a little bit of that. Well, well, Colorado beat up Colorado State. They're their rival, but yeah, the the, the biggest cheer was for yo know, Dion when he came on. He yeah. talked to the crowd uh, uh, afterwards in between the timeouts. So yeah, I mean, look, yo know, HBCUs. Look, he brought he brought attention. You know, uh, enrollments up. I mean, I, I think look at HBCU. They they only have so much. See, we talked about right. it. They only have so mm -hmm. much uh, resources and what. Yeah, so, compared to people, a power five school. Yeah, right. so for people to say that. Well, you know, he's being so, oh, no. Well, come on. I mean, I more think that's money. Awful. He's just trying yeah. to better his own career. Exactly. He doesn't need, he doesn't need the money. He doesn't, he need, doesn't the need the money. He no, doesn't need the money. He he, would he money. like a little bit more money? Sure, but he doesn't need it. He just no, wants he more resources. Yeah. Yeah. I, was just, again, I heard someone say this the other day. Uh, for all the jobs that we do, whether it's this year or nine and five or what have you, if someone uh, comes to you and say, you, uh, you're doing a great job at your current employer uh, thus far, but we have a better offer here at place B, you're going to take it. Yeah. This is, this is just human nature. So Deion Sanders is not doing anything different than anybody else. Remember Nick Saban was a struggling assistant coach with the Cleveland yeah. Browns back in the day yes, before he went to college football in Michigan state before Michigan state got better. And then he went to LSU and then yeah. now Alabama. Some of the other big time head coaches, they had to start out struggling too. So Deion Sanders is, is no different than anybody else. No. I get it. It's different because he's an HBCU. I know he did. Um, historically black colleges and universities as well as he was going at home. But he did bring some um, better facilities down there, but there's only so much he could do. He did donate part of his salary so those kids could come in. Lakina, we talked about this on our last show. Yep. Whoever's the next head coach at Jackson, uh, at, uh, Jackson, Jackson State, State. Uh, he, Dion's given the blueprint. You cannot screw that up. Just mm -hmm. uh, stick to that stick to that script, that playbook, and you should be fine. Yes, you're you're limited because you're not a power five school, but stick to the script and you'll be fine. I think Dion is going to do a phenomenal job at Colorado. Will it be his last stop unless something dr dramatically happens? I don't think so, but we know the patch up 12 is changing as we speak, especially with, right. with, um, USC and, uh, USC you are, yeah, going to the years. big 10 in a couple of years. Yeah. And so the, that conference may not be in existence in five years, but that's a whole nother issue. But I think Deion Sanders is going to give him to, uh, to a couple of New Year's day bowl games when they win a national championship. I doubt it, but he's going to give him to some New Year's day bowl games and make that, that program respectable. That has that program hasn't been respectable since we were kids. Lakina Cordell Stewart, anybody? Yeah, it, it's been a, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while since. Yeah, people forget that they, this was a team that was going to big bowl games, exactly championships. Yeah, I think people need to are, for, are forgetting that part of the. They have actually a rich history. Colorado does, so it's not like he's leaving for some like you know afterthought. You know, football school. I mean, mm -hmm. they've got the resources. They, they, I think they're just, they just opened a new uh, football facility, so. They mm -hmm. just need to bring on the recruits that they need. So, you know, I think people need to just get off uh, Prime's back and just let him do what he needs to do. 
Uh, real quick, I know we get, we're up against him. I know mm-hmm. real quick before uh, Heisman uh, Trophy, we got Caleb Williams from USC, CJ Stroud from uh, Ohio State, Max Duggan from TCU, or Stetson Bennett, uh, another quarterback from uh, Georgia. Who is your winner? The winner will be announced tomorrow night. Uh, that TCU kid, he's uh, originally an Iowa boy, so I know a yeah. lot of people around here are, are going for him. But I think as much as it pains me to say, because he beat my poor Notre Dame, Caleb Williams, he's just, he's he's electric. (laughs) He's electric on the field. There's no denying that. I'm going with Caleb Williams too. I know he injured his hamstring in that title game against Utah. The injury was not the reason why that USC lost. They have a USA has a, trash defense that's why they lost but i'm going with caleb williams but if he doesn't win it i got a sneaky feeling that cj stroud is going to win it even though ohio say backed into the college football player uh with the loss uh, with the usc's loss even though ohio say lost to michigan i think right. cj stroud would win it if caleb williams doesn't win it yeah i think caleb williams will win it but if max duggan somehow sneaks in there for what he did to the big 12 title game at least forcing it to overtime of course you know how some of these voters are so yeah. uh, I think he'll sneak in there and maybe perhaps maybe finish second. Although if CJ Stroud does, you know, get in there, I mean, it, I wouldn't be shocked. But no, no respect to Stetson Bennett. I mean, you know, the guys, you know, they're, they're, he's going back to the playoff again and all his his journey and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But uh, it'll be close, though, I think, you know, once the final votes are revealed. With that said, you follow me at Kingdom McGee on the Twitter and at Kingdom McGee on the IG. You can follow your Shirley Sydney Brown on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. Christine, where can the lovely people follow you on the social media streets? They can follow me on Twitter at cmanica underscore KXRB. All right, folks. So, you know, enjoy the gourd, you know, the weather. I know it's a little bit warm. You're doing your Christmas shopping. Don't overindulge, as Sid would say. Exactly. You know, wash your hands. You know, if you're not going to get vaccinated, wear your mask. And just be good to each other. Enjoy all the games. Of course, you you got the World Cup quarterfinals finishing up this weekend. So you know, come around as we speak. But uh, yeah, so enjoy all the games that are going on this week. And uh, for Sid, Christine, I'm McKee. This has been Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago. And we'll see you guys next week. No bears. Holla. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs>